Hailing frequencies are open. Welcome back to Clear Skies, everyone. Our Star Trek Adventures live play with the Stream Punks. How are y'all doing this evening? We are back Woo. after our Blood of the Void episode last week, which was pretty fantastic. All I'm going to say is I am now changing uh, my farewell from die well to pie well. <laughs> um, that is all I'm going to say. Definitely catch up in that episode. Good stuff. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start this off by saying happy February to everybody. It is February 1st. Happy it is February. our second month now into 2021. And again, thank you for all of your support, Ox Crew, for supporting the Stream Punks on our Patreon. It allows us to do what it is we're doing. We just completed that the last year. We're starting in the new year with a lot of exciting things on the horizon for ourselves. And it's all because of you. So thank you so much. I uh, just wanted to kick off by saying that tonight. You might have noticed we are down one Rave and one Gina. Yes, life rolled dice and spent threat. And we don't have Gina or Rave tonight. <laughs> but um, we're going to call upon our values and we'll make sure that they get back next week. So we will catch them then. Um, in the meantime, before we jump into tonight's game, and before I pass things off to announcements, I just want to extend a huge motherfucking congratulations to Powerplay for the money they raised last night and the Nazi face punching they did last night. Um, raised, what was it, 4200 Was that right? Was it $4,200? And 10 Yeah. Wow. And uh, it was delight to see Darren DePaul come back in as Rick Bud ran all of y'all uh, through that. We even got to see a little bit of Amy Dallin jump into the game seat again and uh, game with some of our friends. So it was pretty awesome. If you get a chance, check it out. It is on Q Times right now. And uh, it is a blast. Darren DePaul, as my community has been saying this morning in the League of Whimsy, Darren DePaul is a treasure. We treasure the treasure. And uh, we love you, uh, Darren DePun, uh, Paul. Um, so let's go ahead and... Um, uh, actually, last night, because of how the episode uh, started off, I made a very I made a pun that I was very proud of. I thought you'd be proud of me, Sam. I, I called him Darren Derail. Eh? Mm -hmm. Not bad, right? Not bad. I'm learning from the best. I spent a lot of time around him. Um, let's go ahead and pass things off to announcements. If anybody's got any announcements tonight before we jump into to the episode. Oh, God, what, Xander? Uh, I've, <laughs> I've been doing some uh, Pathfinder over on the official Paizo Twitch channel. And this Wednesday is our season finale for Troubles in Otari. Uh, we've played through the beginner box and the first adventure that you get for the second edition of Pathfinder. So tune in to see how that resolves. And you can catch the rest of it on the Pathfinder's uh, YouTube channel. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, anybody else? Yes, Aki. Um, yeah, uh, Wednesday is the second episode of my GM list TTRPG show that I'm producing with Saving Throat, All Games, No Masters, and we're going to be getting into part two of a qui of The Quiet Year. Uh, my cast is nuts, and I'm having a really good time. We, we took The Quiet Year and just kind of turned it on its head. Um, but also, we recently had our season, uh, season finale for New Pantheon Academia over at Saving Throat Show. And next week, we're having our own charity event for the Trevor Project, where I will finally get to play with Critical Bard. So please don't miss it. We start at 2.30 on Sunday over at Saving Throw. And I'm really, really, really stoked. I cannot wait to play with Critical Bard. Yay, it's going to be a lot of fun. You. Also, happy Black History Month. Yeah. Uh, happy Black History Month, everybody. Oh, uh, I don't, Aki. I don't think we can announce next week's thing. That we're actually, I think we can. Can we? I mean, it's I'm so bad at knowing things. I'm just gonna like next week. I'm doing something next week. 
It's next week. I'm pretty sure B will be That's okay right. with it. No, next the night. It's next the Tuesday. Night. Yeah. Tuesday. So next Tuesday, uh, Bonnie and I are playing in a Cobalt Press game with B for B's uh, Roll Twenty uh, show. And uh, our cast is uh, Megan, who is one of the developers for Cobalt Press, as well as Travis uh, McElroy is at our table as well. So it should be a lot of fun. I believe that's going to be happening at 1 p.m. next Tuesday. Three. Where? 3 p.m. next Tuesday. Three to over five. at, yeah, 3 to 5 over at uh, Roll20 uh, Twitch. So catch okay. us oh, doing that. I'm so scared to announce things because I never know. I know this. I'm fairly, I'm like, fairly I've certain. I've got something to announce when I turn 67, and I'll let you guys yeah. know what it is. But I'm right. fairly certain that B will be okay with this. It is literally <laughs> next week. So good. And uh, you go yeah. to RPG field now. I got mm. some. I got some big announcements to announce later in the year. I guess. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not one to talk. I'm the one who every episode is saying Streampunks have got cool stuff coming up. I don't know when I can tell you it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, so with that, are there anything else before we jump into tonight's? Yes, Sam. Well, I have something upcoming that I'm absolutely authorized to announce. I'm excited. <laughs> you had me on that one, actually. <laughs> else. All right. Let's go ahead and jump into tonight's episode of Clear Skies. Welcome back. Let's go ahead and jump into tonight's recap. Now, if y'all remember correctly, the USS Ross just had a mm -hmm. hell of an adventure. Um, what was supposed to be a standard rescue op, like not even a rescue op, just like a check-in at uh, the planet of Cafodar 3. They were going to be checking in on a doctor named Dr. Ryan Cabot. Apparently, he had lost communication with Narendra Station. And as a precautionary measure, we're requesting a Federation starship to get out there and make sure that the doctor hadn't destroyed something or been eaten by something that he was attempting to study, being somewhat reckless scientist that he is. Um, in the process of that happening, the mysterious technological device that was a holdover from the progenitors was activated and all sorts of hell broke loose. Um, basically, what ended up happening is 
everyone kind of went on a funny dream quest where the entire crew of the USS Ross was pulled into the memories of this technological device and made unconscious. And lots of shenan took place in order to get everybody out, including Olin doing some heavy lifting to try to push and get everybody out of this thing. Uh, the captain doing the be their best job as possible to send up flares for people on the outside to communicate with people. And of course, we had Exio and McCrell running around trying, being the only two people that were still conscious on board the ship, trying to figure out how to get the crew out of the situation. And to compound the situation even further was the fact that since the Ross was a sitting duck and main power was offline, out of nowhere, long-range sensors detected the incoming Ketikus, the Grand Tholian starship that, for whatever reason, was on an intercept course with the Ross. We never oh, yeah, found that out. We, we never found out why, because we got the hell out of there. The USS Ross, thanks to the actions of the two conscious crew members, managed to get the Ross up and running, and away y'all went. Um, we're going to pick this game up a few weeks after the events of that episode where everyone kind of went on this intense episode of not only getting a chance to look into each other's dreams, but also share an experience of what it would be like in an alternate reality of the USS Ross, the sort of psychic dimension <laughs> where you guys were all basically, your, your consciousness were planted in the matrix of this ancient device. By the way, the device has since, uh, reiterating, the device has since gone dormant. Uh, the only thing that has taken place since that time has been a few cataloging of gaseous anomalies here in the Shackleton Expanse and then being rather abruptly recalled back to Narendra Station. Um, the USS Ross is currently en route to Narendra Station, only about 30 minutes out from the station itself, in fact. Uh, it is. It was not. A, it was not a scheduled recall. The Ross was uh, currently being. The, the Ross was scheduled to remain on station, scanning this area of the of this this sector of space for the next week or so, before receiving its new orders. Um, so being recalled is a bit unusual. And also, Admiral April Abear was a little cryptic about it. But you, Captain Sull, received orders from Abear to report to her office immediately upon arrival. You and Exio both. Well then. We're going to start tonight with our beloved helmsman, Vren, swiveling around in the helms chair and looking at you, Captain, and saying, we're about 22 minutes out, Captain. Thank you. Uh... We'll have to prep everybody who's getting off. We don't know how long this turnaround is, so I'm afraid we can't organize a full shore leave. Almost on cue. You, you've gotten to know your crew so well, Captain, that you know exactly how they're going to react to certain things, what's going to set off the scuttlebutt. You already know what's about to take place. And sure enough, it's almost like a finely tuned watch. As you sink back into your chair on the bridge, looking ahead and Vryn swivels around, just like clockwork, the harsh whispers of the science station and the helm station talking to each other from the front of the bridge. <laughs> As Vryn and Lacat once again start speculating on why they're being recalled back to Narendra station. Um, Exio gives you a bit of a look. She kind of leans in her chair and glances over at you with a sm small smile. And again, 
like clockwork because you've become so ingrained in this vessel and the operations as well as being able to read your first officer you can see in her smile want me to handle it okay i pull a small rubber bouncy ball out of my chair and i bounce it against the back of friends and catch it before they turn around oh man um, it makes a very just beautifully melodic thud thud as it bounces all the way back into your hand just and he stops and turns and looks back and goes I look to Olin immediately <laughs> Exio is a hologram a computer with the ability to think and feel and control every aspect of its presentation and you're seeing Exio do this. I bite the inside of my lip. Okay. <laughs> um, Vryn Olin, is still looking Olin around. Is, but... Yeah, Olin is maybe inadvertently sending psychic daggers in the captain's direction. <laughs> just telepathic, just, I cannot believe you did that. And Vryn looks like, around like... Like trying to decide if he should declare that there might be an intruder on board. He's just kind of like. You're right, Lieutenant. Uh, yes, Captain. Thank you. Excellent. Looks over at. Around, I wink at Olin. <laughs> and Lacat and Vren are just looking at each other. Lacat has no idea anything happened. She's just like. Why are you staring at me? No, no. He goes back to his helm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I passed them the bouncy ball. They don't have Olin? to, but it, it is an offering. You pass it to Olin? To be used when necessary. <laughs> okay. You were offered a bouncy ball by the captain of the USS Ross. <laughs> Olin takes it and looks at the captain and raises an eyebrow and then... I mean, it's got to be the most Spock ever kind of exchange. Like, it's a raised eyebrow and kind of like a, a quizzical look. And they look down at Patience. And they just set the ball in front of Patience. Patience is so very pleased with this act of generosity. And as the ball sits down in front of her, she stares at it for a moment and just... She does that thing where dogs know I have to behave, but goddamn, I want this ball. And so her paw comes up and she kind of waves at it for a second and steps there, tilts her head and stares at it, and then does this a few more times. <laughs> she is like, there are two parts of her body. One is demanding to play and the other one is resisting. She has two wolves inside her. Yes, <laughs> she is choosing not to feed the wolf that wants the ball. <laughs> and Olin just kind of uh, says very quietly, Go on, girl. It's yours. She lunges for the ball and claims it. Dropping to all fours, she puts it between her paws and begins to, like, tilt her very tiny head over the side of this large globe of a ball and just chews on it as best as her little snout will allow. Anybody, anybody who comes near that ball right now is going to get prawl level back the hell off. Um, and about that moment, you hear Vryn say, uh, we'll say there's a time jump here. <laughs> so um, at about that moment, you hear Vrin say, coming out of warp, Captain, we're now arriving at Naranger Station. 
and you see on the main view screen the ranger station pop into view and there she is looking like she always does that big beautiful station with a bunch of civilian ships coming and going uh you see the uss thunderchild has completed repairs the nacelle is now fully attached you can see that it is glowing indicating it is up and running and online she's probably prepared to return to duty um and a few other uh, non-Starfleet Federation vessels that are in the vicinity of like of the merchant class. You see a bunch of like transports coming and going and whatnot. Lots of traffic through the area. Narendra Station is, of course, booming right now. Any KDF or Romulan vessels? You don't see any KDF. Doesn't appear to be any KDF in the vicinity right now. No Romulan vessels either. Look to Olin. Raise eyebrows. Neighborhood's a little sparse. Hmm. You're not wrong. Well, if you find all of the fun that everybody's out there doing, let me know. I actually had an idea about that that I wanted to talk to you about when we get the opportunity. Perhaps we'll be able to get a drink on the promenade and talk it over. Um, of course, I, I would, I would like that. Um, just a moment, though. And uh, Olin leans down and, and you know, takes the ball from Patience. Patience do, does growl, but releases the ball. <laughs> and holds the ball to, like, so that Patience can see it. Huh? Bounces it back against Friend's head, and then Patience catches it in mid-air when it bounces back. <laughs> um, Friend swivels around and goes... And LeCat goes, you're docking a starship. And Vryn goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And turns back to the helm. And he says, uh, initiating maneuvering thrusters. <laughs> As the Ross begins to slow into a pursuit. You hear Narendra Station acknowledge your approach. Welcome home, USS Ross. You are cleared for docking. All right, take us in, Lieutenant. Have you uh, been spending time with Dr. McGrell, then? Someone's gotten really good at throwing things. Um, well, a brief amount of time, yes. Though, I'm not entirely sure what you mean. You haven't had the pleasure. Your reflex reflexes must already be good. I certainly hope so. I do have patience for a pet. Yeah. What a good girl she is. You are. You're a good girl, yes. Um, Definitely all the ears quirking. <laughs> all the ears quirking. Down in main engineering. Yeah. You have an engineering staff that is currently buzzing with a little bit of anxiety. Being recalled to Narendra Station for an engineering team usually means the opportunity for an inspection. Mm-hmm which gums up any diagnostics that are being run, any sort of maintenance work that's being run, especially, again, with the Ross requiring constant care with those EPS conduits and yeah. the plasma flow regulators. Um, there's so much energy coursing through the ship, like having to stop and make sure that there's no, you know, smudges on the surfaces of the computer consoles really just drives people nuts. One in particular, one 
one Andorian in particular mm -hmm. gets really agitated every time that you guys return to Narendra Station. Um, she has learned some measure of self-control, Chief. She, you can see that she has regulated her cussing and swearing to jaw clenching and humming. Um, and boy, do you see it right now. <laughs> that uh, beautiful blue skin is a muscle that is working around her jawline that is probably probably can make earth crocodiles jealous by how many pounds per square inch she's probably forcing on those teeth. She just At this Ugh. point, Prawl and, yeah. and, and they need to have a clench Epidemic! <laughs> what is going on? Just very um, and I will say that uh, Dari and Singh both have been working on a separate project with uh, Chief Tech. We've had uh, encounters with Tholians before and the close call with the Catechus has uh, called for us to do a deep dive to make sure we're not being traced in any way by the um, encounter. So okay. we're double checking all of the systems uh, to make sure that the Tholians had no way of following us or anything like that. Okay. And it's been uh, time. Seeing is approaching you right now and giving you a data pad and says, this is the latest report. Oh, it doesn't look you. so far. There's no evidence that we've been traced in any way. Still, I, it does make me nervous, Chief, that they were able to find us anyway. How would they have known our coordinates? It's what's puzzled us this whole time. I mean, part of it might have been the energy emission from the device, but again, we don't know if these things are connected to the Tholians. It's the same as the crystalline entity. Hmm. About that point, Dari speaks up and she says, do you know what the odds are that those silicon-based spider people would have just accidentally come across us in the middle of nowhere. I don't really want to hear the odds. Beyond astronomical. Oh, well, good. There's no way they just stumbled on the Ross. Mm. But was it the Ross that they were after? Or was it something else? We were nearby some other things, and we were on our way to check on a station as well. I'm, who knows what could have drawn them, but... We have to make sure that we're protected moving forward, and I trust you two. I trust everyone. Sing nods, so do I. And at this point, you don't know who Tech is convincing. Mm-hmm. Dari is <laughs> just staring at Tech. Mm. Like, those, those icy light blue eyes just boring into Tech for a moment, and he, she just says, Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and uh, if there's nothing else, he's going to walk back to his sort of corner office within engineering. She follows you to the doorway and stops and says, sorry, I, I just have to ask you. Mm. I mean, I don't know that you know the Admiral better than anybody else does, but she doesn't do surprise inspections, right? She's not known for that. She's like most Admirals who don't really like inspections, right? So we don't have to worry about that, right? Ensign, I hear your concerns. And we will do our best to give the best presentation that we can. But if there is a surprise inspection, there must be a reason for it. Admirals, while they tend to be sort of choosy with who they trust with certain information, tend to have an overall picture that we cannot see. It's been my experience to come to trust them, even though... I know it feels good to rebel. Okay. If you like, you could put that energy towards me. I'm not telling you nothing, 
and there's nothing you can do to make me different. Thanks, Chief. Now get out of here, you scamp. Aye, right, sir. And she turns and starts heading back into the engine room. Um, uh, as soon as he gets alone, Tech is going to pull up a, a small pet project that he's also been looking at. Since we're getting close to the station, mm-hmm. he's sort of cleaning everything up and unloading for taking it to quarters. Um, but he looks over the recording from the computer of the holodeck of that event, trying to see if he can tap into what Tech saw on the other side and trying to see if there's anything left that the computer would have picked up. Oh, you mean you want to see if you can, you want to see if you can have actually recorded some of the information that was ha- that was being, you wanted to see, basically get a recording of what was going on inside the device? I assume what I have access to is basically us like asleep in the holodeck next uh-huh. to like the pillar of light and type the pillar of, thing. of light. Yeah. So any sort of energy emissions from those recordings to try to sync it up to see if he could like peek into that other dimension. Okay. Big project. Big, big project huge yeah because <laughs> the implications of being able to do that successfully might mean that you can access that matrix again without having it blow up on you like it did last time and if there's anything that the recent experiences that tech has had it's access to the multiverse this is what he's been sort of been puzzling over mm-hmm. okay cool all right What's going on in Main Sick Bay? What is McCrell up to right now? Now, you and I had a brief conversation about this after last game, Bonnie. Do you remember what you told me you were thinking about having McCrell do? Uh, yes, McCrell okay. right now is packing. Okay. You are in your in the middle of Main Sick Bay um, gathering your belongings when you hear the bosun whistle. And you hear the the announcement come over now arriving at Narendra station all staff please remain at your duty stations um McCrell uh continues you know organizing her things assuming that the reason we are at uh Narendra station is to basically she's ready to face the consequences okay. and uh she feels like she's about to be turned in to the authorities. Um, all right, with the docking complete on Narendra Station, you hear Vren say, activating all moorings, we are now docked. Ah, it's good to be home. Well, home, home. The second home. The, the second half of home. Third half, if you consider the saucer section is also attached, of course, to the main hall. So it's like three homes. Try home. Uh, he's and turned around to face us. Uh-huh. Right. Try shutting up. And Vryn <laughs> goes, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> Has he turned around to face us? Um, no, he was mostly just saying this to the screen. He, he kind of okay. talks to the cat by talking forward. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, well, since at least three halves of home are accounted for, if I understand correctly, I'm going to go visit one of them. I'll see you on the promenade later, Ambassador? Of course, Captain. Exio, having also been ordered to the Admiral's office with you, Captain, she rises and nods and says, okay, let's do this. Pass her the ring, offer my arm. Uh, Greet the Ambassador, greet the Ambassador with a ball, (laughs) and uh, exit. 
Um, as you leave the bridge, Vren takes that moment to leave the station for a second, walk up, walks up to Prawl and goes, uh, sorry, Commander, do you know if there's, like, like an extra-dimensional being on the ship or maybe, like, an intruder that we're not detecting? Prawl just looks at him and goes, there is, yes. Go back to your station. And Vren goes, okay. And slowly goes back to his station. <laughs> I knew we put the commander on this ship for a reason. <laughs> um, we also know how he feels about stupid questions. Prawl, <laughs> yeah. who's, who's been pretty quiet. Prawl has not been in the spotlight at all the past couple of episodes. Has his moment with Vren and sends him back to his station. Um, We'll cut to the column of light as the transporter completes at the pad on the ranger station. You appear right in front of the ensign who immediately stands at attention. Um, and waiting for you is Commander Sivik. Commander. Says Captain, welcome back to the ranger station. Commander. Thank you for your greeting. I hope you're doing well. I am well. I hope your trip was agreeable. It was. It was smooth and uneventful. Please follow me. Absolutely. And Sivik turns and leads you all out of the transporter pad. Um, as you exit the transporter room, you see once again, it's a site that you're getting kind of familiar to now. Narendra Station has become a hub. This is becoming a much more active area. There's a lot more non-Klingon, non-Federation people walking around the promenade right now. And you're seeing a lot more shops being set up around here. You do see temporarily closed over the Ferengi shop on the other end of Narendra Station currently. <laughs> I'll ask Sivik, what, what became of him anyway, as we pass? Commander Sivik says, ah, the Ferengi. Yes. yes. He is currently being questioned regarding some illicit substances being discovered on the lower decks in the Klingon's wards. We ourselves are not investigating this matter. It is the Klingons. I see. General Kolar has made it a point to run, as the Admiral likes to say, a tight ship. Have you found his procedures logical? I find his procedures to be remarkably adherent to protocol, even for a, a rather emotional Klingon. Does that constitute approval for you, Safik? A uh, what? What was that? Does that constitute approval for you, Safik? You see him quirk the, he gives you the, clean, he gives you the, the Vulcan eyebrow, and he says, it is not, he has not acquired my disapproval, Captain. That's a strong provisional evaluation. Without any other like quip or, or follow-up, he nods to you as though the two of you, yes, agree. <laughs> um, being led to the promenade though, you do see that as always, it looks like engineering teams here on Narendra Station are constantly at work, modifying and improving the place. You do see what looks like to Exio's delight, some more hollow emitters being added to some of the corridors to accommodate for some of the more holographic interfaces that are starting to be installed here on the station. And of course, you also see the excited faces of family and friends of Ox Crew who are stationed here on the Ranger Station while the Ross is at work. 
the fact that the uh, Ross was announced pulling into space dock took some of them by surprise, and a few of the family members have rushed up to the windows and are excited to see some of their friends and family uh, possibly deboard. Although, as per usual, it is a Federation starship, and no one has been given any assurances that this is any kind of layover, so they are just waiting eagerly here in the promenade section. As a result, this area is a little more busy than usual. Um, and you were led to the Admiral's quarters, or I should say their ready room. Um, as you walk in, um, the secretary stands up and nods to all of you as, in greeting as he uh, nods to Sivik as well. Sivik nods to uh, the yeoman and then turns to you and says, I will be accompanying you on this meeting. And before you can say anything else, you can hear the Admiral from the other side of the door go, that's so? Get your butt in here. I obey my admiral. You see Sivik just kind of give a look of mild disapproval and turn and, um, because as somebody who is all about the uniform code and protocol and whatnot, probably has that sort of like quirky relationship with the admiral where she is constantly talking like she is the sheriff of the town. And <laughs> I disapprove my eyebrows back at him so he knows he shouldn't have let me see those feelings about his admiral. <laughs> Y'all are led into the Admiral's office. Uh, we see Admiral April Hebert, uh sporting her new Vice Admiral bars on her uh, collar. As you all enter, she nods to all of you. And uh, as the door starts to close, she says, Yeoman, uh, go ahead and bring us those drinks I told you about a little bit earlier. Did y'all want anything to drink before we get started? Oh, I think I'm still on duty, but I wouldn't mind a... Uh... Oh, cream soda or something. Cream soda, that's a new one. Hey, uh, Yeoman, get us a cream soda, please. How about you, Sivek? You want anything? I'm fine, thank you, Admiral. Exio, you want to pretend like you want to drink something? And she just says, no, I'm fine, thank you, Admiral. Um, the Admiral stands up and uh, says, why don't you all take a seat? She moves around the, the front of her desk and leans up against it, folds her arms. So, we're back. You're back. I knew this day would come. I knew it was gonna happen. What day? Captain, the USS Ross is being officially reassigned. Where? You are being assigned to the Alpha Quadrant. Already? Yeah. Turns out making a name for yourself has consequences. Sir? By my recommendations and the recommendations of the Starfleet, of Starfleet Council, as well as the Diplomatic Corps, the USS Ross is to assist in the reconstruction efforts that are unfolding across multiple borders, as well as assist with further cooperative scientific research endeavor that is taking place on that side of the galaxy. It's a good use of us. Hmm. That's why I couldn't Excellent. argue it. 
I'd like to keep you here, but truth is, I'm the one that put in the recommendation. I would have liked to stay. Well, we've got a couple of science vessels that are being assigned to Narendra Station over the next six months. And frankly, there's a lot going on in the Alpha Quadrant right now. I don't know if you've been keeping up to speed with some of the events that have been taking place there. It's not a powder keg, but there's just a lot to do, Captain. A lot to do. And there's a lot of opportunity to forge new alliances and new friendships out there. Heal some old wounds, as they say. It's been almost seven years now, but we're going to be wearing the scars of the Dominion War for a long time. That's true. I'll make sure my science officer offloads everything. We found some anomalies of interest, apparently, a week or so ago. And if we're getting new science vessels in, I, I don't want them to lose out on it. It's bad enough I'm going to have to tell my science officer she loses out on it. Well, don't worry. I'm not going to restrict any of the flow information, especially because of what's about to come. But uh, you're going to have your hands full out there for sure. There's a faction that calls itself the Reunion Project that's seeking to renounce Cardassia's old ways and forge a new path of reconstruction for its people. The Federation wants to be there to help them. And they're doing quite the good work out there trying to help rebuild what they can of the Cardassian Union. And they are hell-bent on making sure that Car the new Cardassia does not become a military state like the last one. The civilian government has already been instrumental in its efforts in coordinating a rebuilding with us. Then there's the Breen, who, even though they were included in the surrender of the Dominion War's end, have withdrawn to their territories, and the Federation doesn't ever know what the hell is going on with them. We've turned our back on the Breen for far too long. Then, of course, there's the Tholians, and we already know that you've had contact with them. Curiously enough, what I've been learning from Starfleet over the past few months is coinciding with the event of the Crystalline Entity and your encounter with the Ketikus. Tholians have been spotted in the Alpha Quadrant once again, outside of their territory. Not sure why. And then there's the Ferengi Trade Union, which is undergoing a major and to some degree destabilizing change right now because of how quickly it's reforming. The galactic economy is reeling as a result of that. And then, of course, there's just hundreds of worlds that are rebuilding in the aftermath of the war and swaths of space that we have not explored yet because we were too busy trying to make sure the Federation didn't burn to the ground. The Ross is needed. Not wrong. I'll take the, the high ball of cream soda and knock it back. Okay. Which leads me to the second part of this that's going to make you pretty uncomfortable, Captain. But I think you would agree that I'm your superior officer and you're my subordinate. Would you agree? I do adhere to the Starfleet Uniform Code of Conduct, yes, sir. Good. I stood up just a little straighter. Yeah. Exio kind of says, um, unless something's changed. Yes, Admiral. Yes. Um, I'm pretty sure Admiral's higher than Commander. Yes. 
Good. Because I have recommended, and Starfleet has agreed, for you and Exio to receive a special accommodation, as well as the crew of the USS Ross for their endeavors and their accomplishments here in the Shackleton Expanse. A ceremony will be held tonight at 1600 hours this evening. Dress uniform is required. Please let your staff know. I will do that, sir. Thank you for the well-deserved commendation to my crew. Mm-hmm. Who have performed outstandingly. You're just making this worse for yourself, Azari. Because mm. I can. Only way out is through, tonight. sir. And I think you know that. Well, I'm going to be coordinating with Commander Sivik here. Obviously, we have a lot of folks that are going to need to start packing their bags. The Ross has been ordered to Starbase 621 in the next few weeks. Uh, you have been authorized at maximum warp. So it's going to be a long journey. You're literally traveling across the galaxy, Captain. But <laughs> the Ross was designed for long trips. So consider this a good time to brush up on your, I don't know, what games do you play on the Ross? I heard something about a tournament between you and the crew of the Thunder Child. Oh, that wasn't much of a tournament, I assure you. <laughs> um, Sivik just says, curious. I heard that it was close. Anyway, Captain. I look forward to seeing you tonight. I don't have anything else for you unless you have something you'd like to report. I have an after-action report of quite some significance of some anomalous events that yeah, happened I, before you were called us on our trip back. I caught your summary as per requested by Commander Exio. This device, pretty interesting. Given that we're heading back to the Alpha Quadrant soon enough anyway, I'm inclined to keep it on board with us and see if there are any experts over there who might want to have truck with it. I would agree with that assessment. Considering that you're mm -hmm. heading back to civilization, as they say, you're going to have more access to some of the greatest minds in the Federation. So I would say, why don't we keep it on board the Ross? Especially because now that you've had an encounter with it and have managed to deactivate it, no one is going to be more cautious or careful or even capable of knowing how to deal with it than you and your crew. Now for the good news. Are you ready for this one? You're going to like this one. Sivik. Make sure to record this. Captain, on your way back to the Alpha Quadrant, you have been ordered to stop in for some R&R &R at Starbase 1. Time to visit Earth for a bit, particularly because, and this will be made clear as to why after tonight, but upon certain string pulling that I have done with Starfleet Command and in light of recent events, which will be made clear this evening, Starfleet has agreed that the USS Ross should receive an upgrade to her captain's choosing. befitting of the ship that's going to be operating in the Alpha Quadrant. So, um, as someone who's been flying the Ross for a while, if there's something you've been wanting to see added to her... I think of Prawl. You think of Prawl. You hear Prawl in your mind going, a blade of armor, Captain. A blade of... You can hear it just like... Yeah. You, can, <laughs> you can hear it. Hear it and spoken between gritted teeth of, like, hunger. I think back to the shipyards and how many are hours they argued over it. Mm-hmm. 
when she was still under construct. And all of that flashes through my head. I'll put some consideration into it, Admiral. Good. Everything else we made clear this evening at the ceremony. That's all I've got for you, Captain. You're all dismissed. Thank you, sir. How are things with General Kolar, by the way? Kolar? Oh. Well, he is not the most sociable Klingon I've met. Pretty stiff, to be honest. Leaves all the socialization to Ambassador Jaw. In fact, I would say he leaves almost all of the socialization to Ambassador Jaw. General Kolar seems to be convinced that his purpose here on the station is not to associate with the Federation any more than he has to. Not because he has a disdain for the Federation, but because his job is to manage a lot of Klingons on board the station. And so he- And that management? That management seems to have been going quite well, although him shutting down the fight night caused a bit of a ruckus. They didn't. They did. General Kolar decided that it was more appropriate that Klingons trained in a traditional fashion. And so now there is a Klingon training school that anyone is welcome to sign up for, but is trained in a supervised and instructive environment. Hmm. Well, we'll be spending a few weeks here, and I know a couple members of my crew uh, who might avail themselves if the general will sanction it. Well, good luck with that. You don't mind if I take an appointment with him while I'm here, do you? Not at all. Just don't break the Kittimer Accords, please. Not even a little. No. Sivik pops up and says, Is that a joke? Yes, Commander. That constitutes as a joke. If he has to ask, it was a poor one. Thank you for everything you're doing. Those bars go a long way, and I appreciate you putting a little bit toward us. I hope we deserve all the things you're doing. My crew certainly does. She walks over to you and extends her hand. Shake. And says, our goodbyes are for this evening, but it's been an honor working with you, Captain. You've brought a lot of pride to Narendra Station. But it's time for the Ross to look forward. Onward and upward. Commander, shall we? Exio is doing that thing that only Gina does when she is so happy and trying to contain it, where she's got like the big smile pressed against her face and her eyes are bright and she's... And she nods and, uh, and says, thank you, Admiral. And follows you out. Um, she gives you a glimpse, like glances over to you. Exio uh, just kind of like, the, the look in her eyes of kind of like, I, I think this is good. <laughs> like kind of, kind of this like energy coursing through her right now. <laughs> Sol gives it right back. I think. Guess we'll see. Yeah. Um, and at that point, in a very well-coordinated effort, 
Um, messages are sent out as invitations to senior staff and to the crew of the USS Ross to attend a gala tonight on board the promenade. The second in as many months, <laughs> but a large dinner party that will be hosted on the main promenade of the USS Ross for the departure, or uh, on board the Narendra Station for the departure of the USS Ross, leaving the Shackleton Expanse. Oh, I get to break out my scant. <laughs> All right. So, you guys now, until the, until the event tonight, y'all have the floor. So, whatever scenes y'all would like to request or anything y'all would like to do, I see Bonnie about to explode out of her skin. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you're easy to read. What do you want? Did you want a scene? No, I, I was. I want to do something? I, I was, I was taking all that in, like the Alpha Quadrant and, and, and mm -hmm. Shackleton and then, the like, I was taking that all in. I, mm -hmm. I, I'm just. Do you, do you want to do anything with McCrell? Um, yes, I think I'm gonna go. You got uh, impending, and I, I don't want to. I don't want to leave that. If you I'm gonna, to I'm gonna go uh, talk to the captain real fast. Okay. So we'll cut back to a scene with we'll say Olin, Exio, and the captain in the captain's ready room right now, having given some of the information out. Or do you want to have this be between you and Exio for the moment, Captain, before you have guests? reviewing the events that just took place um i think we're i think overall we're good without specific debrief i don't have too much more in the moment other than speculation and apparently more will be revealed tonight so obviously i mm -hmm. tell my senior staff and i let them disseminate but i i think I know this seems so unlikely of Saul, but I think they deal with the stress of uncertainty by working more. <laughs> unlikely from them, uh, who never respond to stressors by working more and yet. So the only person in your ready room right now is the yeoman, <laughs> as you're requesting a bunch of bunch of data pads from the yeoman as she is like currently stocking up your desk. Yep, um, the stopwatch is out. She's just nodding and going, aye, Captain, yes. No, there's there's lots of stuff on the backlog that's not a, a priority. I, I'm happy to give it to you now. If... A lot of things are about to become a priority. If we're going to be moving back to the Alpha Quadrant, we need to clear our plates now before that avalanche gets upon us. And we need to make sure everything is clear in engineering for reasons that will become clear very soon. Aye, Captain. You detect an energy from her. She seems more vibrant than usual. Like this sort of like trying to repress a, a little bit of a smile as she starts putting uh, these data pads down on your desk. New moisturizer, Shanta? With a glow. <laughs> oh, um, no, Captain, sorry. Uh, Yes, how dare. It's just that um, Starbase 621 is not even a week's travel from Bajor. Looking forward to visiting people there? I don't know, but it's really nice to have the option. Good. We're going to have a lot of people on our crew who are going to want to make those kind of trips. We haven't been able to before now. We've been too far from everyone's homes. So 
If you can start thinking through the logistics, you're excited, but I bet you won't be the only one. That's a good point, Captain. Um, on that note, I have information on Starbase 621. Um, she hands you the data pad. Um, at first glance, Saul, you notice that 621 is a full-fledged Starbase. This is the size of Starbase 1 on Earth. It is a big Starbase and was an instrumental Starbase. It's one of the frontline Starbases during the Dominion War. It is located, indeed, in the Alpha Quadrant. It's actually somewhat close to... Uh, looks like it's actually right near Zinkethi territory, which is a species that the Federation has... <laughs> become more and more involved with ever since the Dominion War. Um, they're not an overtly hostile race, at least not right now. They did have a scuffle with the Federation during the, Zinke during the Dominion War. Um, but there is also, it's, it's kind of up in the air situation. But Starbase 621 is also in that gap of space near the Cardassian neutral zone. You guys are roughly at warp seven, you are roughly a week's, week and a half, maybe two weeks away from Deep Space Nine. Yeah, and we're right by Trill, too. Oh, mm -hmm. this is lovely. I have my map pulled out now. <laughs> yeah. You are it basically in the thick of where the galactic melting pot is taking place at the moment here in Star Trek. This yeah. particular period in, in the Star Trek timeline, this is the aftermath of where the map is sort of being reorganized. Territories that were conquered during the Dominion War have been returned, and reconstruction has begun. Um, yeah, y'all will be, and you're not that far from the Badlands either. Y'all are, y'all are near some pretty iconic places. Well, they're making an example of us. They're doing it properly. <laughs> uh, Shanto, when we do get our full itinerary, I know Starbase One is going to be one of those. Uh, please get that scheduled to the top of my desk when we get it. Thank you. Hi, Captain. All right, I'm starting in. Let's go. <laughs> All right, she sits down next to you and pulls up the data pads, and one and the two of you start going through line items together. Mark. Um, when they're almost almost in perfect synchronicity of you like settling into getting busy, um, you say, "Let's go!" And there's a chirp at the door. Enter. The door is open and. There's your doctor, McCrell. Uh, Captain, if you wouldn't mind, I would like to speak with you privately. Of course, have a seat. Um, Chantel immediately stands up and grabs a few of the data pads and excuses herself from the office. Shh. Door closes behind her. <clears throat> I hand over a data pad uh, to my captain and on it is uh, a request, I guess, for my res resignation. Hmm. Uh, you know the paperclip reset on a device? <laughs> I'll blank it out and hand it back. Yes, what is this? Captain, I cannot continue to put you and the rest of the crew in a difficult position. I am aware that my actions of the substance that I take has put you all in a very difficult position. 
it would be my response, the most responsible action for me to just turn in my resignation yes. and keep you out of it. And you've done that. You're now very, very responsible. Can I get you a drink? Captain, I don't think you understand the severity of- I get up, I'm gonna go over and uh, get her coconut milk. <laughs> okay. I understand, yes. You have been taking an illegal substance without any sort of therapeutic use exemption or going through typical channels for said controlled substances for an indeterminate amount of time while also treating patients. Do I have the shape of it, broadly? Yes, Captain, but I can assure you that it would, it did not cause any uh, inabilities for me to right, perform. Right, but I only have your word for that, and you just lied to me about this drug use, and so I under, look, I understand why you gave me this. But what exactly are you planning on doing now? You leave Starfleet in shame and then go practice me- oh. Or, or are we, we looking at uh, rural existence now? What is the plan here? I had no real plan, Captain. I assume that there is always a place in need of a doctor. If you're going to be practicing medicine on this, then why is it better to practice it outside of Starfleet on drugs than in? There's nothing to practice on it, Captain. I can assure you what I've done with night with night on zone is for me completely safe tested and I why don't... is that Dr. McCrell I inherited a very special gift from my father captain I am not fully Cation. My father had a very special gift and could telepathically connect with others. Females typically did not inherit this gift, but for some reason, being raised the way I was, I did. I have been on knife on zone for <sighs> since I was eight, nine years old. Do you remember, Captain, on the promenade, the on the memories of the wall? Yes. There is a little boy on that wall. I take it because of him. <laughs> I have not told very many people this, Captain. 
but when I was very young, I had such anger inside of me, such strength that I had no control over. And sometimes when I played with the other children, I could not control it. One day, my strength hurt another, and he was killed. It was an accident, but I am responsible. I was concerned for the boy, and I connected with him with my gift to see if he was okay. And I connected with him of the moment of his death, and it changed me in many ways. I never wanted to use the gift again, and so I did my best to keep it at bay, but as it grew, I had to find other ways to control it. I was very good at controlling it myself, but during the Dominion War, it got too much. And that's when I went back on Nithen Zone. It was easier to find during the war. I put my cup down and I get on the floor and put my hands on your knee and look up while you're telling me this. I drink this substance, Captain, to keep me from connecting to pain because that is when my ability is the strongest and when I can't control it. In my heart, I am Cation. I was raised Cation. It is why I joined Starfleet and why I became a doctor. But you see, I, why I drink it and why I use it. I can't let others know of my ability or what I am. What do you think will happen? Exactly what I am doing now. I am leaving Starfleet, Captain. As much as it pains me to do so. My kind does not belong in Starfleet. I stand back up. Well, they said that about me for decades. And we're not doing that, are we? It seems to me you've been doing what you do precisely because you care about your patients and their well-being. Do I have that right, Dr. McCrell? Yes. And in so doing, you're taking a therapeutic drug that, in your expert opinion, to be validated by the expert opinions of other medical professionals, it doesn't interfere with your capacity to do that job. Is that correct, Dr. McCrell? That is correct, Captain. It inhibits my 
telepathic abilities, but nothing more. I've genetically altered it to where it... It is specific to me. And... So by that logic... We have a paperwork problem. Look, I could backstop you and keep you from leaving. But I don't think we have to do that. I think... You have to stop running. You're safe. And you're making a choice about your body. And if that requires a little bit of paperwork and a little bit of wrangling and a little bit of handling bureaucracy, well, goodness, what do I have Shanto for? I'm gonna pick up the um, data pad with my resignation request on it. Oh, no, it's blank. Never mind. <laughs> and, um, thank you, Captain, for understanding. I made a different choice, but we both have the right to make it. These pheromones could be suppressed easily enough, and I don't. You do. We should both be able to make that choice. Otherwise, what's the point of infinite diversity and infinite combinations? Come on, you're my crew. We're taking care of this. Uh, I need a write-up of it, of uh, the genetic material, the scientific report, the medical report. We're getting you a therapeutic use exemption. So I'll want to see that. Ideally in the next 48 hours, can you do that for me, Dr. McCrum? I'll have it ready in 24, Captain. Good. Scoot. I am scoot. And I grab her elbow and she starts to scoot and I pull her in and I hug her. Oh, okay. you're so tall. <laughs> I yes. am. I got my arm just yeah. like round up. <laughs> yeah, like, you, you almost come up past the halfway mark <laughs> on, on Saul. I'm like a child holding on to my... Yeah, I get yeah. me to kindergarten hugs. I love it. <laughs> oh, I get to receive the... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Captain. Twenty-four hours. It shall be on your desk in detail. Good. Better stay than this one. It erased immediately. Get out of here. Mm. All right. <laughs> so, with McCrell leaving, what's going on? What's going on elsewhere on the ship? By now, word has begun to spread that the USS Ross is being called to the Alpha Quadrant. There's also word has spread throughout the ship now through uh, through the notifications received on everyone's pad that it essentially there's going to be a function tonight. A function, the, you say? The, the, <laughs> yeah. Um, the general feeling on board the Ross is one of of. Some there's a lot of there's some of them are confused. Some of them are really disappointed to being pulled away from the Shackleton Expanse. Um, I'll tell you, Cetacean Ops right now is not particularly excited about the idea of being pulled out of Shackleton. Um, however, a majority of the crew is ready and excited to see what is next. Um, and there's a lot of speculation over what tonight's ceremony is all about. Um, there's also a lot of speculation as to uh, if 
are you guys going to be permanently assigned to 621 or will you be functioning the way most starships do function where they're just kind of bouncing from starbase to starbase as needed um lots of questions about that now y'all were perfect y'all were assigned into ranger station because this was the edge of space so there's no other <laughs> starships out here it made sense to have the ross kind of tethered to narendra um with more ships incoming are you going to be resuming the duties of a standard starship uh in service it's lots lots of questions bouncing around but for the most part, the vibe you're getting back is Ox Crew is trying to figure out how they feel about this. Um, the the rumor has gotten around that there might be a ceremony honoring the command staff, and Ox Crew seem to be very pleased about that. Um, but for the most part, the scuttlebutt on the ship is that the energy is one of cautious excitement and mild disappointment to be leaving behind this frontier. <laughs> uh, you've already received a few messages from Dr. Yada that Shanto has intercepted, where Yada is asking all sorts of questions about that ecosystem that was uncovered out here, and if there's going to be more research done on that, and like, can we really just abandon that and all this other all this other has has put in a bunch of requests hey can i please stay connected to find out how that's unfolding can the ross receive regular updates from the science vessels that take our place out here that kind of thing basically is finding the middle ground of being like you know i'll be okay with this so long as i get some updates um so um, that being said, what you're getting uh, from the readouts and from your data pads, Captain, that you get from Shanto and that the senior staff is also being disseminated to is that um, the the area of space you're being dispatched to star, at Starbase 621. And this is actually for you, the players, too. The map of federation territory and and the map that we use to like plot courses get a to b from like all the worlds it's very deceptive because in a three-dimensional map there is a metric ton of unexplored space <laughs> where you guys are headed um this is the zenkethi coalition the badlands cardassia all of these territories that are around the area where y'all are headed there is just so much space that has not been explored as you watching TNG, you can find out you can travel all throughout Federation space and discover whole new worlds that have never been visited before. So there is this kind of undercurrent of people reminding, hey, 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 just because the Federation has a presence out here doesn't mean we're not boldly going, as it were. So you actually hear like a lot of people, like there's a rising argument taking place on board the vessel where people are just trying to give their opinions. But ultimately, Captain, what you get is cautious optimism not entirely sure how everyone feels about this well fair enough but no this is excellent this is definitely excellent uh yes i am going to liaise with other vessels so that we can get all of your science babies <laughs> updates and like they will send you pictures as they grow please just get me a list of the anomalies so that i can communicate them while you prepare the reports to hand them off because they do have to go away <laughs> and right. give them anything you want them to follow up on if you just keep it for yourself they won't get to see it growing you won't find out about it 
just I think there's a little bit of um, I think Axio probably has a lot of not overt counseling. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Sometimes just trying to do the XO is mm-hmm. like Yada, it's okay. You can let go. Yada, as somebody who is typically just like really jovial about everything and is kind of irreverent and a bit of like an eccentric scientist. Yada has started to express for the first time since you've seen him anxiety of like, wait, we're leaving. What? <laughs> we can't leave. <laughs> we just discovered an ecosystem highway in an unexplored swath of space. We still don't know precisely where these subspace anomalies come from. Like, like just started listing all of the details and stuff like that. Exio intercepts him, has long conversation with him. And by long for Yada, it's a conversation that lasts more than 20 minutes. Yada, being somebody who speaks very quickly and to the point, uh, is known for ending conversations rather quickly as it devolves into silliness most of the time. Um, But Exio manages to talk him down, get him curious, mentions the Badlands, explains that while that has been charted by its boundaries, there's still a lot that isn't fully understood about the Badlands itself. Not that y'all are going there, but I mean, just think of the swaths of unexplored space that are out there. Can we tempt him with a wormhole? (laughs) There is also a wormhole. (laughs) A wormhole that takes you to the other side of the freaking galaxy. Now, where that's- And we know people are day tripping to Bajor while we're out Mm. there, so. Yeah. Of course, the wormhole is a bit of a dicey subject, but um, it is, uh, travel has not been banned through the wormhole. Um, to To be specific, just so people, just so people know, just so like player players have this information, um, the Dominion is not allowed back across the wormhole according to the Treaty of Bajor. Um, there might be an instance. There might be an instance where, in the future, maybe diplomatic vessels or merchant vessels or something might be allowed across. But currently, no. Federation and allied however, are allowed, are permitted into the vicinity on the other side of the wormhole. They are allowed travel, and that is actually established. So uh, scientific missions and whatnot, but military operations on both sides of the wormhole is strictly forbidden, and that was part of the Treaty of Bajor. So, For absolutely no reason, this reminds me of the ambassador and our appointment on the promenade. <laughs> I say no reason because I have no reason to connect the two in my mind. Right, right, right. But I am like for an appointment, so I'm gonna make my way that way. Okay. So where I'm sorry, where are you headed? Um, the station promenade. Okay. Uh, getting drinks with Olin was the plan. All right. So we can actually cut to that. Um, real quick though, before we jump to to the promenade, uh, Tech, you're looking at the data pad that's told that is revealed that the that USS Ross is being recalled to the Alpha Quadrant and is being reassigned mm. to a new sector in space, a whole new quadrant on the mm. frontier. And this this is kind of this is kind of big news because one of the cultural exchange that can take place out here. Um, there's all sorts of opportunities. Not to mention, you are now officially going to be within striking range of any symposium on engineering that is being conducted in the Federation. If you've I've missed so many. Yeah. Um, but there's also the fact that you are now going to be stationed very near the space where you lost your brother during the Dominion War. Um, this is near the old borders that were set up around Cardassia and the Federation. This was the front line, as it were, when the invasion took place. That being said, um, 
it's kind of a new world right now. So you're looking at this data pad as you're getting this information. It's a big shock to the system. Everyone on the ship right now is currently going, whoa, we're going where? <laughs> like everyone finding out that they're being pulled from Narendra Station. Um, and about that moment, the, your door opens and uh, Dari steps in and goes, did you see this? Yeah, I know I said trust the admirals, but this is a big ask, huh? <laughs> wow. That's big. Yeah. I guess they know what they're doing. Um, it's kind of weird, though, isn't it? I don't know. It just feels like after everything we've been through. And maybe because of what we've been through. I don't know. All that we can do is look back on what we've accomplished while we've been out here. And I'd say that's a heck of a lot, huh? There's nothing that we've done that we should be demoted for or punished. Therefore, it must be a good thing. And we'll be closer to family and friends. I mean, I've got Bolius 9 that's nearby. At least more nearby than the Shackleton Expanse anyway. Yeah, it's true. It will be nice not to have to spend months traveling from A to B. I know that it can get, it's easy to get caught up in the day-to-day, -day, but remember, we're a big old ship that moves, and no matter where we are in space, we're at home. She gives you this warm smile and just says, that was pretty good. Why? Shucks, thanks. Now... now Hold on. And he pulls over to uh, like a, a replicator, but uh -huh. a, he pulls out something that's instantly pull, like going through the replication process and it's his scant uniform. And he's like, I'm just so excited to put this back on again. <laughs> um, she looks down at the data pad and says, yeah, uh, I guess there's a function tonight. Are you going to be doing something for that? Well, I'm going to be attending, and I assume that you are as well. I will see you in formal attire. Uh, formal attire. Mm. Okay. We're going to participate. Okay. Thank you. Yep, see you tonight. She turns on her heel, uh, all that sort of inspired glow sort of draining out of her for a second. Aww. And she makes her way out into the main engineering area. <laughs> um, I just realized the engineers will be dancing tonight, and I can't wait for them absolutely to flex on this entire station. <laughs> We've been practicing for months. You're about to I'm so excited now. Oh. <laughs> Um, okay, so unless there's anything else, we can flash forward to the function. Were you doing the drinks? Yeah, that's drinks? pre. That's sorry. That's pre. That's the pre-function drink. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. The the function to, to to just to map this out so everyone knows exactly where we are because we're actually ten minutes away from the break. We have we have a scene. We have this scene, but like, is there anything anybody else wants to do before we jump to that? Aside from the Nope. Okay. Um, in that case, we're going to cut to the promenade. If no one else wants to quit their jobs. Yeah. I mean, anybody else want to attend to the we resignation? can. Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> okay. Cool. Okay. Then. Uh... Okay. So, 
In that case, we're going to cut to the main promenade of Narendra Station. Probably the last time y'all are going to be gathered here for who knows how long. Sitting at one of these tables as some of the holographic bartenders are moving about, um, serving drinks. The Wasted Space has been one of the most popular hangout spots for everybody for a while. The Saurian, who is serving a very peculiar champagne-esque drink at the front that is known for being incredibly strong, is having its effect on its uh, on its patrons. As you I'm going to do it. You can hear a lot of slurred speech coming from some of the Klingons who thought they could handle what it was that was being served. And the Saurian looking on with some mild concern. Um, are you going to say that you actually have that in your glass right now, Captain? <laughs> no, I think this, what this starts with is uh, as the Saurian passes, Sul leans back, mm -hmm. closes their eye at, eyes as if acceding to the inevitable and says, I'm going to do it. <laughs> can I get one of those champagnes, please? Oh, this is going to... Mm. Good thing I don't have a work function tonight. Oh, right. right up, the Saurian says, and moves off to the bar. Your silence proves your diplomacy, Ambassador. <laughs> and yet it conveys so much. Doubly well done. It's funny, I asked you, asked to speak with you for an entirely different reason that no longer seems relevant. What was it then? Well, I've been thinking a lot about that pad of information that we got so very long ago that we never really looked at or even began taking a crack at. Kept thinking that as the flagship vessel out here, we could take our pick of whatever was in that thing and go and take a look. I've been spending a lot of time in astrometrics Jane and in my own office just trying to decide what to do next I think I'd finally wrapped my mind around the fact that this is where I was going to be and I needed to make the most of it and as soon as you settle on the notion it is ripped from you I don't know exactly what force it is out there that seems to want to make me feel displaced at every moment of every day. <sighs> Don't partake of the food of whimsical gods. It's an Orion expression, I have no idea what it means. Uh, please tell me my champagne's gotten here and I can do a bad idea drink. Oh yeah, it's here. Great, amazing, sip, small sip, just the taste this time. Okay. It's, the moment it touches your palate, uh, Captain, it's, mmm. Wow, that makes its presence known right away. We love assertiveness. Are you going to be okay if you consume that? I rely on a certain bodily volume and stretch out tallly 
And Olin just looks at the wasted Klingons down the down the way, and then back at the captain, and kind of. Well, they're like the ones who have five brownies. We can't be held responsible for that. <laughs> and and you see you see that familiar sort of wince again that you saw not too long ago. You all right? <laughs> Um, of course, Captain, I'm, I'm fine. Don't insult me. Um, it was just, um, it was something that came up during the, um, the incident that um, made me realize something. Um, but I don't think that here and now is exactly the appropriate time to talk about it. All right. Well, what do you think of the new assignment? Do you want to stay attached to the vessel? I know you have all of these dealings. I'm sure there's plenty wrapped up in it. I'll understand if you want to transfer out, but I'd rather have someone who knew the context there if they're going to throw us into it willy-nilly and make us do the diplomacy about it. You have always been quite capable of handling diplomatic uh, matters without me, Captain. Um, uh, admittedly, I often felt like a bit of extra fluff on the ship while out here in Narendra. And so perhaps I might be more valuable out in the Alpha Quadrant, but by the same token, uh, While the ship might lose me if I did decide to transfer, it would not lose a strong diplomatic presence. I appreciate the flattery, but I don't know what I'm doing and you do. I'd be lost all to hell and I don't want to be, thank you. It's much easier to captain and have people fear you if you look like you know what's going on. And I don't know what's going on, but as long as you know what's going on, I get to pretend and then lean over to my left. Will I have you to my left? It is um, something I have to think about. I understand. I left my scant on the ship. I have to get back before this event starts. As you're saying that, Captain, you see arriving out of the main transporter room a delegation. Specifically, you see High Regent Alozaz Keel 
walking out of the transporter room with a few fellow uh, Jishashians who have apparently arrived on a Federation transport. Um, he is already in formal attire and is looking around with big white eyes and saying something um, to his fellows as he steps off the transporter pad, comes out of the room. Um, you catch uh, Olin, what the captain's like reaction of seeing the high regent stepping out uh, as he comes, uh, doesn't seem to have noticed y'all yet, is kind of taken aback by everyone walking around and whatnot, but um, can't be a coincidence that he's here. If I don't run back to the ship now, I will be late to this function, and I might actually just be flayed. I don't know what vice admirals do. It's all manner of vice. Can you hold the line? And I look to the Shashians and I look back. Uh, you see that Olin came prepared for the function more or less already. Like, they're just in their robes, you know. <laughs> uh, and they kind of look to you and look to the Jashashians and give you a, a nod. So you're so much better at this than I am. You're already dressed. You already know the on-time things. And uh, Saul rushes off. I think there's a little bit of a close on, like, they didn't have more than one sip of that champagne. Yeah, it just kind of sits there on the table. <laughs> just bubbling on its own. Um, they rush. You manage to get past the Jashashians. They don't notice you because they spot Olin approaching them. And Captain Sull is blessedly uh, liberated from being caught and at uh, having, as we say, a Comic-Con encounter where you're trying to get from A to B, but you see friends and you stop and you get stuck talking to them and you don't want to leave, but you got to leave, but you don't want to leave, but you got to, and then there's a crowd oh, around no, you. I never end up at any panels at all, ever. Yep, yep, yep. And so uh, Sull is saved <laughs> once more. Um, that's actually going to be a great stopping point for our 10 minute break. So let's go ahead and pause here, go stretch, get drinks, and be back here in about 10 minutes. Hawks crew, we'll see you soon. And welcome back to Clear Skies, everybody. We are going to get underway here uh, where we last left off. There is a preparation taking place right now for a soiree or a ceremony of some kind that's going to be taking place on the promenade. Um, Right now, the crew of the USS Ross, uh, down to the very last service member, is currently getting ready in their dress uniforms, preparing for what sounds like is going to be something of an official function, but there's also going to be drinking allowed. <laughs> so um, not to excess, however. Um, mild drinking is permitted. Um, also, it's worth noting that in this invitation, uh, this is strictly for Starfleet personnel. Klingons aren't disinvited, but this is going to be mostly a Starfleet-only event that's taking place to bid farewell to the USS Ross as y'all are taking part. Yes, Aki? Olin definitely asked Ambassador Jaw to be their date again. Okay. He accepted. Um, he, you you learned from Jaw that he was slated to be there. He's slated to give a speech. <laughs> so uh, when, you in, when you invite him, he's like, oh, I was about to invite you. <laughs> but I guess we were both already invited. <laughs> uh, um, do you want to wear my big cloak again? Actually, why not? I might not get the chance to do it again for a very long time. Good, 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 good. Um, the two of you agreed to meet at about the time that the soiree is going to be getting underway. Um, unless there are any scenes... 
requested building up to this. I mean, this is pretty much going to be the big event for the evening. So, I'm going to fire Prawl. I just I bring Prawl into my office because I'm fire him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're not Starfleet material. Get out of my sight. Yeah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Prawl is stuck in a photon tube and launched into space. And... Um, and uh, that's happy. Uh, that's happy. Some of us don't leave an expense. We're ending the show early tonight. That was all. We <laughs> yeah, the captain has decided. <laughs> the captain has decided to arbitrarily just start picking the people that have pissed them off. Um, all right. Um, yes, uh, people have been uh, starting to filter in, but uh, you do find out uh, very quickly that there are some honored guests that are going to be showing up tonight. Uh, obviously, the big one is the Jashashian delegation who is here to see the Ross off. Um, it's unusual to give this much ceremony to a departing starship, but apparently there seems to be a hint that there's more going on here. Um, it's kind of setting off everyone's spidey senses that something, something else is amiss. Um, this doesn't seem like just a normal ceremony. Whenever... I will say, as soon as it, this is Keel, the Jashashian that was working on the subspace, the scientist, or the uh, he is here as well. Uh, but no, this uh, specifically, but both of them are here. The delegation consists of both the high regent and the scientist. As soon as uh, Tech enters and he's in his scant uh, dress uniform, mm -hmm. he's got with like thigh-high boots. You could tell that he maybe have talked to Solon a little bit. That okay. like He's sort of changing some things up. Mm -hmm. uh, but then rushes right over to the scientist and starts bringing up a data pad with all of like the subspace stuff that he had been working on. Uh, you proving got, a lot of the theories. and Yugos immediately Ugas. engages you. He is thrilled when you bring that up. He says, Chief Tech, um, uh, oh, yes. Look at these findings in this is incredible. And a lot of this was thanks to your work and your principles. Well, I, I'm, I'm glad that I could help, of course, naturally. I, I'm, I would love to see what you have for me here. I, you weren't to help. You were the solution. Well, I, I, I contributed. I was, I was the head of a team. But thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, please, uh, show me what you have. I'm, I'm so curious. Of course, we don't have quite the level of technology that the Federation does. Uh, um, what have you been able to process using the, my notes and my research? Mm. And then I exposit. Okay. And <laughs> I can all babble until the cows come home. Yeah. <laughs> this would be in a Star Trek Next Generation script. This would be brackets techno babble. Exactly. Yeah. You immediately go into like all of the different theories that are being tested right now using subspace. Um, right now, the Federation estimates that it's about two years away from being able to predict when particle fountains will be right. on the surface thanks to the technology exchange between Jashashia and uh, the Jadarin, the people of Jadarin and uh, the Federation. The, uh, the planet of Jadarin has also made it, it's in, no, has made its intention known that it wishes to file to petition to join the United Federation of Planets. Yeah. Um, that is under review. As I've said before, this is something that is in the process of happening. However, the process is not as it's not as charged as it used to be mm. if you remember when it was brought up before that jadaren was looking to join the ufp the one thing that was kind of holding it back was how tense things were with the romulans mm -hmm. and because it didn't want to be seen that the federation was expanding into shackleton 
because that could spark something, possibly an, a, like a, a territory grab or an arms race. Um, instead, now that things have mellowed out, the Federation Council has also mellowed out and has been talking to the people of Jedaran. And Yugos has been excited to report that while it might be some time before the official uh, acceptance takes place, um, he is excited to inform you that starting next month, the construction of a Federation research facility is going to be built on Jadarin, and technology that's, changes are going to begin between uh, the two governments. That's fantastic news, Dr. Yugos. I, I, I'm so happy for all of that that you're achieving. Actually, this sort of brings me to my point. You were so integral in a lot of this research. We are unfortunately getting stationed pretty far away. Now, of course, I'd have to talk to some people, but I wanted to check with you first. Would you have any interest in accompanying us to the Alpha Quadrant? I'm sorry? It would be beneficial for the Jishashians to you have a presence. To, hmm? to, come, to come with you? Oh, only if you want. Quadrant. There's a lot of work that needs to be done here, and of course, you're integral to all of it. But yes, if, okay. Yes, yes. Oh, so I don't have that power, but I will take your wishes into consideration and get back to you. Right. Hmm. Uh, hmm. On second thought, I should also check with the high region to make sure that this would be allowed. <laughs> um, but it is good to know we're on the same page. We're on the same page. Hmm. This would be extraordinary. I'd be the first Jishashi to travel across the galaxy. Uh, I would finally get to see and experience all of... <laughs> yes, you, you understand where I'm going with all of that. Um, yes, uh, my answer is yes, if this is, if this is allowed. It's been a thrill traveling with the Ross this whole time, but, but to, to travel with you to another quadrant of the galaxy, that would be extraordinary. Mm. Uh, I, I hope you are able to convince your senior officers, your, your commanding officers. And while I do attempt this, I do want you to think that, think about what you would be committing to. It might be some time before we could come out to the Shackleton Expanse, and you could be far away from home for a bit. Well, I was the person that helmed our deep space uh, particle fountain observation post, and never had too much of a problem being in places that didn't look anything like home so and, and you have the whole effect which is extraordinary so i'm sure mm -hmm. i'll manage you all manage you all seem to manage just fine i, I can do the same i look forward to having you on board longer and i'll reach out with the greeting oh he grabs your hands and starts shaking them rapidly <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. absolutely cannot do in this present climate um, <laughs> um <laughs> But yes, he shakes your hands. <laughs> splendid, splendid. I look forward to it. Um, I'll keep, um, what is it that uh, your Lieutenant Vren likes to say? Um, keep your fingers crossed. Mm, and those that... big, big fingers of the black nails, he just crosses them. Just... Wow, that looks powerful. Well, it looks different on my hand, doesn't it? <laughs> but um, mm, big fingers, comparatively speaking. Enjoy the festivities. And you too, you too. Oh, are you cooking tonight? Oh, nope. Purely entertainment. I am enjoying and savoring. Oh, okay, of course. Well, um, thank you again. And I sincerely hope that um, 
that this is allowed to move forward. Uh, Chief Tech. Yes. I'm, I'm repeating myself, I know, but I, I feel as though my phonetic energy, uh, rather, excuse me, uh, kinetic energy, it, it, I'm, I'm, I'm being frantic is what I'm trying to say. And I, I want to convey my gratitude for the invitation, but I feel like I'm coming up short. And so suffice to say is just, thank you. I, this would be, if allowed, monumentous, uh, monumental mm. for, for, uh, for my people. And me, professionally and spiritually, and um, just Lee all over the place. <laughs> um, but thank you. Well, G. Garley, Dr. Yugas, the gratitude is received. <laughs> well, uh, I'll let you go back to your functions. Um, thank you. They have many quiches. And he just runs over. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, Captain... Uh, despite your best efforts and Exio's excellent plotting, you, Exio, and uh, McCrell have found yourselves cornered by uh, High Regent uh, Keel, who is, my goodness, just running his mouth. <laughs> um, talking about all of the accomplishments of uh, the people of Jadaran ever since the departure, the environmental enhancements that they've been making, the studies that have been taking place on the crystals that have been left behind since the, the creation of the crystalline entity uh, embryo, like everything, just like unloading all of it and finally finds like a breaking point in his like spewing of, of joy to finally say, and now you're leaving us. Well, I have to say, I'm, I'm happy for you that I don't quite fully understand what the nature of your departure is. Uh, I did get told what it was, but of course, someone who who's never seen the other half of the galaxy, except for through a telescope, of course, I, I have to assume that it's more important than what you're doing out here, or at least equally important. So naturally, I won't raise too much of a fuss, but I will mourn your passing, as it were. Uh, not in a death kind of way, obviously, but more of a, like, a farewell journey kind of way. Um... Uh, are you uh, allowed to stay? Could you perhaps maybe speak to your superiors and ask them if uh, maybe you could spend a little more time on Jadaran and, and perhaps um, give some uh, more technology exchanges is doing wonders for my approval ratings, I must say. Uh, <clears throat> um, yes, I, uh, sorry, I, I do carry on, don't I? <laughs> I'm just so happy to see you and sad at the same time, and I don't know quite how to process this. Um... You raise your hand. <laughs> it's just pat, pat. <laughs> Since words aren't happening. Um, uh, Exio says, you know, Hi Regent, I'd like to talk to you a little bit more um, so that I can save some more information about, you know, your personality profile and the Jadaran people in my database. It, would you mind if we had a little bit of a chat? And he was like, oh. My honor, I would like to become more acquainted with one of the most technologically advanced commanders to ever step on board a starship. Uh, and with that, Exio nods to you, Captain, and leads him away. <laughs> the fur on McCrell slowly goes down. It was getting a little bristle. A little much. Um, and I'll, I'll turn to the captain and be like, Remind me to put into my report the importance of the dye repelli leaves that I mix in my tea. Yes. It comes in handy in circumstances like this when my patience gets a little short. 
Speaking of, Captain, I will make sure to include in the report every effect and side effect of both the Nython Zone and Di Repelli Leaves that I have documented. I know you will. You know how I know? You're a good doctor. It's yeah. In the first place. So we can't get you alcohol. You're allergic. What can we find you that isn't Dyrapelli leaves and constitutes a chemical good time? You are a good doctor. So I expect an answer and I expect it quickly. I would like... Hmm, yes, I cannot have alcohol, but okay. I can partake in... I have a question. Yes. Can can McCrell have synthahol? Because that's what's typically served. Um, it's I believe so. I know Cations are, are like deathly allergic to alcohol. So I'm assuming synthahol is not the same, but it's at the same time. Yeah. Of I mean, it really depends on, on exactly what it is that they're mm -hmm. allergic to. Like alcohol mm -hmm. dehydrogenase deficiency is the thing that shows up in humans, and that's lacking the enzyme that allows people to process it. But this right. is an allergy which is distinct, even though there isn't a protein in alcohol. But we I use that, so I'm going to shut it down. But I have a feeling you're right, Sam. I have a feeling that, like, in Synthahol's case, it is designed to be alcohol without the imperative effects. So mm -hmm. I have a feeling it's going to be chemically distinct, so there is. Fictional coverage for the notion that a Cation immune system wouldn't recognize it as the uh, same marker. Let's not take the chance. <laughs> Let's not have. I even if it doesn't kill me, I do not want to have the runs. So, I shall. Uh, I wonder. Can Cations have chocolate? I should have researched that because I would. <laughs> I'm sure I was actually just not, yeah. thinking of, like getting some ice cream or something. Yeah, like a hot, yeah, really something creamy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to do a cream soda because I mean, come on. <laughs> I had one but, earlier. They're a bit too sweet for my taste, personally. Something creamy, maybe like a orange sherbet. Something. Let's Citrus. see what they what they have in uh, the replicators out of an old soda fountain. I'm sure we can find something fun. Mm -hmm. I, I, I want the biggest, most vintagiest milkshake in the whole dang world. Okay. You oh, also... like a, a float, a creamy yeah. float. Yeah, love it. Perfect. As this is, this is happening, I just want to point out that before you see the entrance of Olin and Ambassador Jaw, you also see the entrance of a very fine looking couple of one Jane LeCat and Asmi Shanto uh, in dress uniform uh, showing up together uh, to this function. Um, it really is uh, a new moisturizer she's got. <laughs> you also see um, showing up together, <laughs> which is very much like, I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of got the, that, that energy of if, if Spock and the 11th doctor showed up to the same party, you see Prawl and Vryn show up together in a in dress uniform. Prawl is just stiff and looking around, and Vryn is like, okay. Cyvek? Um, where is Cyvek? Immediately when Prawl enters, Saul just scans the room. Cyvek is near the front of this uh, of this event right now, and also in dress uniform. He, he, cool. is, he is absolutely so... here. I'm on my way in because near the front and entering sounds like uh, I am going to. Uh, I might be a captain, but today I'm a wingman. 
<laughs> okay. So you're going to make an approach on uh, Prawl? Yeah. Okay. Just like, we don't need it. We don't need it. We don't need it. I know um, that he don't love it. We don't have to talk about it. We don't need it. As you approach, uh, you see Vren is getting ready to leave and stops himself and stands at attention as you approach. Prawl just nods to you and says, Captain. Commander, Lieutenant. Hi, Captain. How are you doing? Um, good. This is this is nice. It's not quite as relaxed as last time, but it still looks pretty good. Apparently we get thrown shindicks. Take them in. Who knows whether our next admiral is going to throw us any parties at all? It Behind be the green. Um, you see, you see suddenly, Vryn go. I hadn't even thought of that. We're not gonna, we're not gonna answer to Admiral April Abear anymore. No. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know about this. He glances over at Prawl, and Prawl looks at him and says, "Was that the end of the sentence?" And Vryn just says, yeah, no, it's just, that sucks. With this awkward silence, all you hear, like, right behind the captain is, like, a <laughs> slurping sound the from the coat float, like the... From that Sunday. Mm-hmm. And just wow. listening. Um, uh, Vryn just goes, oh, God, uh, I'm, I'm going to go embarrass my best friend in front of her girlfriend. Please excuse me. Please do. Um, Vryn slides away and starts to awkwardly make his way towards Asmi and Lacat, who are in the middle of having a conversation together. Um, Prawl looks at the two of you and nods to you, Doctor, and he just says, So, nice party. Do you dance? Not if I can help it. Fair. I'll leave it to the engineers. He nods. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile Actually, is in the middle of Thriller on the dance floor. <laughs> um, I was going to say to Prawl that uh, dancing is a lot like a fight, but with rhythm. Right. If you like. Guns. Yes. I remembered after he said. In training, we call that kata, and that's where I keep it, Doctor. You don't want to kata rug? You see, oh, goes, well, now it, I've got it to. It goes right on. over him. For all of his years of experience of being a joined trill, it doesn't seem to land, and he stares at you for a long moment, <laughs> Macrell. I'm sorry, I'm laughing at myself. <laughs> you should. You're having cat laughs. <laughs> <laughs> like Macrell just kind of like giggling at her own pun. I had too many fields earlier. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna mute myself. Y'all have a great scene. <laughs> I loved it. Um, at about that moment, you see Ambassador Olin Marginil arriving with the very large, boisterous, very loud Klingon ambassador. Olin wearing what Olin wears, always looking like nobility when they arrive on the scene, is also decked out in what looks like a huge, heavy, furry Klingon cloak that's adorned with what must be pounds and pounds of metals. Um, clearly, the ambassador has 
given his cloak over for the evening. The heaviest metal, of course, is almost this ridiculous size chain that hangs off the sides of it, depicting the symbol of the House of Martok as Jal comes striding in. Um, as the two of you enter into the main promenade area, Jal says, you don't drink, isn't that right? Me? Yes. We have gotten drunk together on multiple occasions, Ambassador, have, or do you not remember? Have we? Well, we have. Then this will be an extraordinarily entertaining first time for me again. <laughs> Why don't I go get us some of that drink? <laughs> Make a sure champagne it's drink. Oh. Oh. <laughs> And he moves towards the bar. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and you see your crewmates kind of gathered around some of the tables. I lean over to Prawl. We'll need a tactical report. The ambassador has secured a Klingon cloak. That was pretty good. He looks at you. I'm not going to lie. That was pretty good. I appreciate your assessment, Commander. Captain, Commander. And with that, he looks away so you don't see the crook of his mouth. Uh, just as Olin approaches. And he did Ambassador. not the rug. I don't understand. Come on, I'll cut a rug with you. We'll let the Ambassador and the Commander hang out. I think uh, poor Prawl here wants to actually conceive of relaxing and he can't do it with the boss around. He understood their cloak, but not the... I, uh, I put it down. <laughs> I'm just mad that he didn't under get my joke. I think even McCrell was proud of that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, it's worth noting that the promenade, being it the size that it is, cannot accommodate the entirety of the ox crew. So many of the ox crew who are still on the Ross are actually having their own function with the heads of their department. Um, and um, for everyone who can't attend in person, uh, the holographic emitters on board the USS Ross are being used so that everyone can partake in their own way of what's happening here on the promenade. So everyone is being included. So folks that may even not want to go to the function for social anxiety reasons or whatever are actually allowed to permit to stay in their quarters and actually watch it like it's happening and enjoy being there, not being there. Hi, the twins. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The two Vulcan twins uh, are currently researching like crazy. One looks up and says, they've arrived at the party. And uh, the brother says, mm-hmm. The end. That is the extent. <laughs> the extent of distraction as the two of them continue their work. Um, but that is to say that the ox crew has managed to fill up a majority of this promenade. There are, again, it's delightful to see your work colleagues. This time, of course, in formal dress attire. And the, the tables are actually set up, as well as a stage has been set up, to accommodate for both the speeches and the people that are going to be participating and watching. Um, and the event gets underway. Drinking is permitted in moderation. Um, the Klingon ambassador returns to inform everybody that the champagne drink is not being permitted on the promenade right now. <laughs> As it is being uh, the drinking in moderation rule taking effect, one glass is too much, apparently. And uh, 
<laughs> which uh, Jal takes as a personal affront and spends a good five minutes swearing in Klingon that Federation people don't know how Klingon physiology works, and there's not a Klingon out there that couldn't drink something made by a Federation. I think that Colin and what little Klingon they actually know just spends their time kind of cajoling him. <laughs> Yeah, he starts going off a list of battles that he's had, the time he pulled a knife out of his ribs, um, only to discover that another knife had been stabbed even deeper into his ribs from the hilt of the first knife, um, and then sort of like calls himself out on maybe exaggerating that a little bit. And just kind of like bounces around to the conversation, but is really, really angry, Olin. You managed, I... you managed to talk him down. Olin, it is also worth noting that at this function, as per diplomatic protocols require, in attendance, you do in fact see Pagino is here with Brotec in tow. They are not associating as much with other people, but the Romulan ambassador and his bodyguard are making an appearance. And they're kind of very politely just off to the side. Olin makes a note of that. And uh when it seems like the ambassador has calmed down to a like to at least a uh, uh, you know the Klingon simmer, <laughs> mm -hmm. which is still pretty intense, but probably not going to get anybody killed. Right, the uh, LA forest fires uh, last year, a Klingon simmer. Yeah. <laughs> um, they uh, excuse themselves very politely for the moment and uh, make their way over to Ambassador Pagino. The, uh, <laughs> upon your approach, the Riemann um, stares at you rather flatly, like there's no intimidation, just like his eyes that kind of slide over and gaze at you. Um, Rotec is using what looks like a device to help him be able to process visually in bright light. So it looks like he has these sort of shades that go down over his eyes, making him look like he almost is wearing goggles. But they're transparent currently in their form enough that you can see his eyes through the other side of this sort of purple lens. Um, other than that, he is wearing a hood and typical to the Riemann uniform as well. His outfit looks very much like sort of that beautiful black purple rainbow gloss that you see on like beetle shells. I never know the exact way of describing it, but it has that. Aaron? Yeah, it's very, very much in that 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 regard. So it's this very mysterious gloss, like imperialistic looking uh, hooded cloak. He looks very intimidating. Pagino, on the other hand, is dressed in the refinery of a Romulan ambassador. The dark golds and greens and browns that are wrapped around him looking very similar to something you might see in feudal Japan in the 16th century from the nobility with, you know, the Mon kind of like wearing the whole bit. Very similar in that regard. Romulan, the Romulan look to their clothing has always been very similar in that regard to the Earth look. However, the one thing that is noticeable is the high collar that goes up almost uh, to the back of the base of his skull. He is a very imperial, handsome looking Romulan angular features and quizzical brow raises as he sees you approach. And as you walk up, he greets you immediately, Ambassador. Ambassador, it is good to see you here. Pleases me to hear you say so. I confess 
I was surprised and perhaps a little disappointed to hear about the departure of the USS Ross. I wondered if that meant you. That is as yet uh, to be determined, Ambassador Pagino. I have a lot to consider. I see. If you chose to stay, I would find that to be advantageous to the relationships between the Romulan Star Empire and the United Federation of Planets. You and I have been through much together and proven that we can arrive at a common ground despite our differences. I'm glad that you feel that way. Do you? Of course. If I were to stay, it would be good to know that you and I could continue to have a relationship. And if I were to go, it would do me good to know that I am parting with you on good terms. He nods. The Reman just stares at you. Olin, being, being empathic, you can sense that as intimidating as Vrotek looks, he's actually uncomfortable right now. It would appear that this function with this many people in the room has made him uneasy. You're not sure if it's a type of anxiety, but it might be that as a bodyguard, he doesn't like having hundreds and hundreds of variables, but he's been here long enough now too, where it's hard to say if he's relaxed or if there's just a mild discomfort. But um, he doesn't seem to have any problems staring and not breaking eye contact, however. Olin stares back for a little while. Um, the, the ambassador, of course, seeing this says, Rotek, wouldn't you agree that it would be unfortunate if we lost our ambassador from the Federation? Rotek nods very slowly. My bodyguard has found it difficult to trust certain members outside Romulan space. But I think, if I may be permitted to say, we find you to be one of the few. I, uh, do not take such an honor lightly. I am, um, I have always been a great believer in the potential between the Federation and the Romulan Star Empire. And I am glad to see that the steps towards seeing that uh, potential fulfilled are finally beginning to be taken. And whether I walk that path here or in the Alpha Quadrant, you can rest assured I will walk it. Then I will rest assured. As for my part, Ambassador, you don't need to hear any more speeches about how my government is currently in the middle of an identity crisis. 
But at least we can say that the struggle for power has come to an end. And that the government of the Romulan Star Empire is now firmly back in the hands of the Senate where it belonged. But Sila is still present. Her sympathizers are many. It is a difficult line to walk to speak on behalf of the Romulan Star Empire when there are times you don't know exactly who you're speaking on behalf. Still, I have hopes that in the future we might continue this armistice, if you will, this new relationship between the Federation and the Romulan Star Empire. But to be candid, Ambassador, I suspect my people will continue to distrust the Federation. It will take some time. I suspect it's the same for you. I was just going to say it would be unfair for me to claim it would be any different on our side of the table. I became an ambassador because I have the ability to recognize our own sins. And I know where peace can begin. I am aware of the damages the Romulan Star Empire has done to the Federation. There has never been a formal apology from my government for the destruction of your space stations hundreds of years ago now. Please consider this an informal one. I will do what I can to preserve what the blood of our people fought so hard for and won during the Dominion War. From what I have learned and have been told and have studied through most of my life is that peace is often hard won. The losses are usually significant. There are some even that can say that the gains hardly make up for them sometimes. But I think if there is any gain at all, that is worth it. And it does honor to the people who lost their lives to make peace happen. Well then, I look forward to hearing what you decide. The night is yours. I do appreciate, and Olin turns to um, Rotec. When you look at Rotec standing six feet behind him is Sorex, who is dressed like someone who is just blending into the crowd. Someone who is just like hiding in plain sight and who has positioned himself perfectly so that you would see him the next time you looked over at Rotec. 
having a glass of some liquid and talking to what looks like a member of the ox crew. Um, the ox crew in question, you see actually there are, there are two members of the ox crew that are uh, in the middle of this conversation. It looks like an Ensign Baum and a, a Dr. Vom. They're in the middle of having a conversations, uh, very friendly-like, and Sorex, who I from the looks of it, is either familiar with them or really good passing off like they know them, um, having this conversation as he glances over at you and nods and continues having this conversation with the two members of the Ox crew. I do appreciate the discomfort that you are experiencing right now. I tend to enjoy functions like this, but even I have my threshold. I do hope the two of you are allowed to excuse yourself as soon as you feel your obligation has been fulfilled. You sense from Vrotek a feeling of appreciation, but also curiosity as to how easily, how you read him so easily. Um, the ambassador, however, says, thank you, ambassador. We will be staying to the end. I'm very curious to hear what your admiral has to say this evening. And Olin just sort of their eyes shift to Rotec. Rotec is stoic as ever. They nod to Ambassador Pagino. We all are. Enjoy your night. And the two of them I begin to move out, away. At the, before they go, I was like, I would suggest perhaps uh, replicating a. Uh, an earth delicacy called popcorn. We tend to use it as a as a complement to viewing a spectacle. I will see what this popcorn is. And with that, he nods and excuses himself. Sorex waits until they're a good distance away before he slides up to you and says, is your doctor here? She is. I have to get a dance with her before you leave. I'm sure she would be very happy for that. You're undecided then, still. You don't know if you're staying or going. I have um, some things to think about. You know, I thought about being funny and greeting you tonight by coming up from behind you like I had a weapon in my hand, but somehow I felt like perhaps that would not amuse you. <laughs> We've come a long way, you and I. Yes, but not quite that far. It would be unusual to go that far with anyone, truly. You do know that you were never any danger, though. I don't say that to excuse it. But when you think back on it, know that I was desperate and looking for a friend. And you were the only one I could trust. And that has been true. Whatever you decide to do, Olin, you have an asset. If you're on the other side of the galaxy or if you're here at Narendra. My intention after this evening, once the Ross is gone, is to return to Romulus. 
I will not become an informant for the Federation, but I see no reason why I couldn't share information that I uncover on Sila. If I decide to do so. The Tal Shiar is firmly under her control. There's no reason why I can't find myself a new employee. One's a spy, always a spy, then. I have a score to settle with her. That she is more than... She gave me a family and took that family away. She played with my mind and she used me. And then, like so many Tal Shiar agents, she tried to kill me. I've caused her significant damage by helping be someone who motivates the chess pieces to move across the board since your arrival in Shackleton Expanse. And I say without shame that you have been one of the tools that I have used to get back at her, though I like to believe that that was to our mutual benefit and satisfaction. Indeed. Well, now I offer you the same in return. Should you need a tool to accomplish your ends, I owe you and the Ross. You have a friend in the Romulan Empire. And you have a friend in the Federation. He leans forward and puts his hand on your sh on your shoulder and says, "Sorry again about putting a blaster, to, uh, a disruptor to your side." <laughs> I've uh, I've gotten used to um, being a. Uh, at the whims of someone's desperation. Mm. Well, that's a lie. I wish I were used to being at the whims of someone's desperation because that would make all of this much easier. And to that, I would say it sounds like you need an appointment with Counselor Exio. Or at least that's what she would tell me. Except I think she has a slight conflict of interest here, and so therefore she's not the right person to talk to. The wrong thing to say to a spy. <laughs> to throw something so enigmatic and uncertain at me. Have fun. I promise you, for the sake of our friendship, I will not. Thank you. Now, there is a doctor that needs to be danced with. Oh. Now, definitely have fun doing that. Yes. It's at that moment you see something at the corner of your eye flying towards you. <laughs> Reflex check. <laughs> Are you really throwing something at him? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'll roll for this. <laughs> First um, roll of the game. <laughs> yeah. Spend uh, dread on him, Eric. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't. He's an NPC on yours. He's on your side. <laughs> oh, I rolled a three and a three. He. Uh -oh whips around and catches it <laughs> as you toss. What did you toss him? 
Uh, my Sunday glass. <laughs> okay, catches it. And as you approach Doctor, he goes, no, I can't be angry at you for that joke since I was just telling Olin I was thinking about doing something very similar to them. And he hands it back to you. But I do enjoy callback humor, Doctor. I'm glad that your reflexes uh, seem to be in working order. There's another way to find out how my reflexes are. And he extends his hand. Oh. We are going to cut a rug. The it's blink a, expression. <laughs> I did it. It was a good joke earlier. I promise you, you would have laughed. Ugh. And, and the, the two of you, <laughs> taking his hand, the two of you move out onto the dance floor where slow music is being played and people are relaxing and having a slow conversation and dancing. Um, <clears throat> um, yeah, Captain, you get a good look at everything that's happening. You see Sorex dancing with Dr. McCrell, <laughs> which, um, you know, seeing the doctor that saved his life and this Romulan agent that was a big part of your first, the first leg of your journey when we started this game a year ago. Um, <laughs> um, it's, it's something full circle about seeing them dancing. Um, indeed, there's something slightly full circle about everything you're seeing as you're looking around. The Jashashians having a conversation. You can overhear um, you can overhear uh, Yugos talking to the High Regent, saying he's been uh, there. He's been asked to possibly accompany the Ross on the journey if if it's authorized, and uh, he's hoping it is. But if not, uh, what an invitation! Like going on and on and on. Like you're seeing all of this. A few moments pass before Exio strides up to you and just goes, "I thought about wearing my curly hair for this. You didn't go for it." And kind of like I Dream of Genie, she just does this nod and it goes, just the hologram immediately shifts. See, and now you've gotten both in a single night. <clears throat> I have a feeling the Admiral's going to say things that are going to make you quite uncomfortable up there. And I have no idea what they are. And I am so well behaved. I am not even going on an infiltration mission into my own admiral's files to try to find out in advance. I expect applause, Axio. Come on. Where's my validation? I'm a captain. She smiles and says, well, if you ever need to make a break for it, I'm sure I can turn into a goose or something. Not another one. Please. <laughs> Did we um, actually get it off? Because I've heard... It's just that I've heard rumors. Exio's face suddenly turns serious, and she looks at you, and she goes, really? Yes. I need to uh. make a check, Eric. <laughs> You're going to try to bluff Exio? Of course I am. Okay. Um, it's an unstoppable I'm force and a movable object and our sense of humor. I'm going to make this, I'm just going to, instead of referring to character sheet, I'm just going to make this a flat roll. This is going to be a difficulty four check. All right, cool. Um, Exio I've literally has protocols to read, and Exio knows her captain very well. Yes, it's true. Um, I can't use a green die on this one. Not okay. Axio. <laughs> go for it. Tell me what you get. Uh, yeah. We haven't accrued any momentum. So here we go. Oh, that's a natural <laughs> one and a 10. Um, so it doesn't quite go, but it, oh, dang. But your commitment is enough to cause Exio to need to like hold back a burst of laughter. <laughs> um, it's 
It's just you tried so hard to deliver that with the severity of like an intruder might be sneaking around aboard the USS Ross. Like it's enough that it, it's, it's delivered like with with John Cleese perfection flat humor just right in. Just she just busts up laughing. And at about that moment, you actually hear the clinking sound of everyone being called to attention. Ding, 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 ding. As the ceremonies begin. Um, Mid chew back, you're just like, oh. <laughs> um, dance floor settles, and sure enough, a ceremony begins where you and Exia were called up on the stage where you both sit behind a small table that designates you as the senior command staff of the USS Ross. Um, the senior staff of the Ross is given a table up front, and immediately what happens is you can you already begin to feel like, oh, okay, I see what this is. Because the first speaker up is uh, is the High Regent, who starts going on and on and on about first contact, and not only like saving the planet, but the attempted coup that took place, and like restoring the government and what it's done for their people, and like then like unveiling all of the exchange and like technological research. He goes he goes into a speech that lasts a good twenty minutes. Um, I start telling you, jokes to Exio in Morse code, tapping them on the table. <laughs> Exio, who can read them in, in time speed as a computer, just kind of taps back to you. The two of you are commenting to each other. Um, you can see Admiral April Hebert not so good at, like, pretending she's not annoyed, but you just see her kind of doing this, just... and listening. <laughs> um, <clears throat> across the table next to you, Chief Tech, Yugos leans over and says, I, I hope this is not jeopardizing my chances to be on, on board the Ross. I, I I promise I do not talk that much. I, I wonder if he's tried the quiches. I mean, they're fantastic. I've had so many. I will I will give him food. And, and it always works. I will, I will try this. And he leans back. <laughs> um, when he finally leaves the stage, uh, the next person up is Admiral April Hebert. She takes the stage and just kind of <clears throat> clears her throat and says, I've always hated Admiral's speeches. There's never been a single time in my career as a Starfleet officer I've enjoyed any speech given by an Admiral when they took the podium. And they typically, typically go into pride and sentiment about being Starfleet and so on and so forth, and all of that's wonderful. And I believe in all of it, but you hear it over and over and over. And every time you hear it, the Admiral delivers it as though they were the first person to just discover the spirit of unity and cooperation and so on and so on and so on. And now I find myself in the most uncomfortable position of being an Admiral standing up here at this podium and realizing all I want to do is indulge in that conceit and I'm frustrated with myself. I have you to thank for this, Captain Sull. And she turns and looks at you with irritation, Azari. Um, <clears throat> and she clears her throat and looks back and says, throughout my career, I've been stationed on four different starships before accepting the Admiral's bars and shipping out to the edge of nowhere. And it always starts out just the same. Every time you get a new assignment, it starts just like another assignment. That's what you tend to think of it. This is 
Just another assignment. But gradually, it becomes home. And saying goodbye never gets easier, ever. But it's part of the reason why we put on the uniform. The journey for the beginnings and the endings to help us better understand not only the universe, but ourselves and our place as a part of that universe. <clears throat> oh, God. You see her lean over for a second and take a sip of water. <clears throat> now then, I've, um, I've developed a bit of a reputation for being blunt, and I know that. So I'm going to be blunt with all of you right now. And this might be a bit of a surprise to hear, especially to some of those Lower Decks members that are here tonight. The Ross was sent to us out here because Starfleet didn't know what the hell to do with her. <laughs> There's a general like murmur and some chuckles in the audience. And the Admiral says, she's a symbol of unity and what we can achieve when we accept each other and work together. And there was a belief There was a belief that there would be a chance to put our best foot forward as we explore this new frontier, if it was the Ross out here doing it. Maybe the Ross was the right ship for the job. And as it turns out, the Ross is the right ship for just about every job. Through the actions of the USS Ross and her crew, a statement was made, new friends were found, Incredible discoveries made. Astonishing secrets have been unlocked. Alliances were protected. A species thought extinct by sins of our own making has been resurrected. And a distant empire saved. But, as I told you before, Saul, she glances down at you, Captain, and says, with success comes consequences. As my last act as your commanding officer, it is my honor to inflict those consequences upon you now. There's a murmur that starts spreading through the crowd as she says, it is my honor to present Captain Azari Sol and Commander Exio with the award of Starfleet's Commendation of Excellence. And there's an immediate applause from the Ox crew and all throughout the promenade. She continues and says, <clears throat> as some of you career happy minded people know, this is a combination that is the first step for a commanding officer's path to the Admiralty. But I think we all know that the jury's still out on whether or not these two would ever leave the bridge. And there's like murmuring and laughter spreading throughout the crowd as she continues. <clears throat> Wherever your path takes you, both of you. Starfleet is honored by your service. Congratulations. And again, a big applause. She raises her hand and says, furthermore, on behalf of Starfleet Command and the Federation Diplomatic Corps, it is my distinct honor and privilege to award the USS Ross and her crew the special commendation of Exemplar. Effective immediately, the USS Ross shall henceforth be honored as a flagship of the Federation. Congratulations to the crew of the USS Ross. And a cheer erupts 
from everybody as an applause. You see crew members rising to their feet. You see crew members wheeling about the table. Like everyone is just applauding and cheering each other on as this is announced. And as the thing begins to die down, she says, new frontiers are not always the edge of space. New frontiers aren't always some new planet to explore a nebula to chart. Sometimes a new frontier is just a new beginning. And that can take many forms. It can be forging new friendships. It can be healing. It can be building a better future. It can be pushing beyond what we thought we knew and finding the unknown and what we thought we were certain of. It can be challenging our own beliefs and discarding the assumptions that we have made about our galactic neighbors. There's a great frontier waiting for all of you out there. And with you go our hopes and our belief that you exemplify the best of us. You are what makes us Starfleet. Clear skies to the USS Ross and her crew. And with that, everyone begins to cheer. And you see banners drop from the ceiling with the Federation symbol, the USS Ross, and uh, her, in Latin, the exemplar title being bestowed upon her as a diplomatic flagship of the Federation in the Alpha Quadrant. As the cheering continues to roar, and it just continues to just pile on, um, you feel Exio reach over and gently just like she's looking for support. She just touches your arm, Captain. As the two of you look out over your crewmates that are applauding, you see the Ox crew cheering, you see civilian staff and everyone back on the USS Ross. People are cheering and applauding. There is this shock and like pride that is just running through the crew right now. And one you, twin looks to the other twin. We're a flagship now. <laughs> Does that have any significant change on our operations or technologies? No, it is a completely arbitrary designation. What a spectacular waste of time. Indeed. And We're better off studying. <laughs> and the two twins go back to studying. <laughs> um, <I didn't> <laughs> We we've got to have Jody and Jackson back on here for the Vulcan kids at some point. Yes! I want to see I want to see the time kids get into shenanigans with the Vulcan kids. <laughs> I would love they to see that. News about being a game master. Yeah, I know, I know. We can make this happen. We can make this happen. Um, the party begins anew as the ceremony comes to a close, and the after party begins. And the admiral walks up to you at the table and pours herself a glass of that drink that no one's supposed to be allowed to drink right now. The Saurian raises his finger and she looks at him and says, how many bars do you see on my collar? And he moves away. And she looks back at the two of you and says, Starbase 621's a good Starbase. Big, old, comfortable. You're going to get real cushy there. But uh, Admiral Tagus Kor, she and I came up in the academy together we served together at one point. You can trust her. She's good people. She'll take good care of you. Sir, respectfully, that's a hell of a thing to say after you've systematically ruined us for all future admirals. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. 
You did it deliberately and maliciously, and although I certainly won't report it, I will absolutely appreciate it. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Exio, congratulations. And she extends a hand, and Exio just, thank you, Admiral. It says, you're one step closer to getting that center chair, Exio. I hope this pisses off everyone who's got a problem with you, mm-hmm. if there's anybody left. Ruined us for every future, Admiral. She smiles and says, go enjoy yourself. And steps away. You are left with Exio looking over this party as the music begins to play. You see the energy in the room has ignited. Ox crew congratulating each other. What are you doing, Tech? (laughs) I can say that the engineering department has put together this sort of choreographed routine with what we've been working on the whole time. Uh, And I love the image of like the camera shifting from everybody participating here, but also back on the ship in the holographic sort of party as well. And they're just going through the very Regency ballroom type movements. Regency ballroom flash mob, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Okay. Um, I throw an arm around Exio. Um, <laughs> pull her real close. I strongly consider giving her. Yeah, I don't. Vryn storms up onto the stage <laughs> and he just says, Do you, do you, do you know, do you know? Immediately you can smell it on his breath. He goes, Did you know there's only like seven flagships dispersed across? You know, the Enterprise is a flagship. I'm just saying. It, well, the Enterprise is the flagship, but you All know. right, name the other ones. Go. Well, there's the USS Defiant. Mm hmm. Uh, that was that was a flagship of 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 the Federation uh, sure during is. the Dominion War, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, there's the USS Ross, which is the Federation Diplomatic Corps flagship of the Alpha Quadrant. You named another one, well then. Alpha Quadrant's really big, Captain. It's so big. It's We're gonna so have to get there at maximum warp. Hi, Captain. He turns and starts moving down off like you just given him an order and he starts stepping down the the steps and exio goes how did he get alcohol Mm. we have a resourceful crew and i'm pretty sure still in engineering Hmm. i would characterize that gate as warped yes The night proceeds. What would you all like to do? Does anybody have a scene that they'd like to request? Otherwise, we'll go to the next day. I like to think that everything, like, it's been a lot. And every time we have shore leave or a party, something happens. So it's nice to kind of fade out into everyone has a good time and goes to bed at a reasonable hour. During that speech, I was legit scanning the crowd. I'm not even kidding. (laughs) Yeah, right. I'm looking for bombs. Like, okay. (laughs) I'm so sorry that I've done this to you all. I am so sorry that this is all my fault. Every now and then, just like (laughs) DS9, you need an episode where just like you see the characters just enjoying them each other yeah yeah and then you <laughs> for wait God's for it sake. and you're like and then the credits roll and you're like wait a minute yeah <laughs> yeah 
Um, yeah. That just means the next episode is the one. Right. Yeah, I'm leading it up to. It's a fake. So does a setup. Um, so you all, as as the party commences, like everyone is able to celebrate what got them here. People are coming together and congratulating each other for all the hard work. Ox crew is acknowledging like what got them here. Being a flagship of the Federation um, means that you have all joined the upper echelon of signature ships the Federation calls on because you are an exemplar of what, uh, of what your mission profile fulfills. For example, the USS Enterprise, considered the flagship of the Federation, was the all-purpose go-to flagship that kind of served as a symbol of the Federation everywhere it went. There have been other flagships, uh, like the USS Defiant, which was a warship of the Federation and served as the point of the spear for the Dominion War. Um, the USS Ross is joining a small group of the elite starships of the galaxy that function as the Federation. You will all be essentially the diplomatic voice and arm of the United Federation of Planets in the Alpha Quadrant. Um, it is one of the highest, if not the highest honor a starship can be bestowed. No and, pressure. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of sinking into everyone when they realize um, this is the beginning of the next chapter for the USS Ross. The, the end of her very first tour of duty and the begin of her, the start of her next. There's this really funny thing that the Admiral said uh, during her speech that is still running through Saul's mind. The Ross is their fourth ship. Hmm. 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 They have yeah. a strong mental scrunchy face at that. Um, yeah, I, I imagine you you feel the cusp that that like approaching cliffside of promotion, like lingering on the frontier. Like, are you going to be confronted with that age old problem that the select few captains have to to like confront from time to time? It's things like this that inspire me to replicate bouncy balls and keep them in Exio's chair. <laughs> <clears throat> I can't be taken seriously. Mm -hmm. They'll never do this to me. Well, the Ross is stationed to stay here at Narendra Station for the next week while she continues to get all staff back on board the Ross for the transfer over to the Alpha Quadrant. If there are any Ox crew members that want to stay on Narendra Station, they have to petition or put in a request for transfer. Um, I will leave it to our Ox crew who are watching. Um, the role play is going to be shifting a little bit, but I will. we will visit that later. That's going to be something to visit much, much later. But um, right now, it's looking like the USS Ross is going to be a full ship for a while. Um, she'll have a full complement, and uh, the Ox crew is going to be spending the next, yeah, week and a half now getting geared up to head back to the Alpha Quadrant. Uh, the ambassador would have liked to have spent some time on the station trying to catch up with any messages that might have come in while they were uh, like out in the middle of nowhere. 
like reconnecting and getting anything that might have come in, um, trying to get their ducks in a row. And of course, being frustrated with themselves for waffling over this decision and putting off a conversation that they really need to have with their yeah. captain. Um, as the night starts coming to an end, uh, Sorex, uh, finishing the dance and like congratulation, hanging out, says to you, doctor, and says, I think I'll be heading back to Romulus after this. I'm just grateful that you're alive to head back to anywhere. As am I, doctor. I, will... I wish you all the best. And I you. And uh, don't be a stranger. <laughs> if you ever catch me on that side of the galaxy, it won't be for good reasons. Yes, but don't be a stranger. Very well. If I ever engage in any sort of clandestine illegal activity, I'll make sure to drop a line and say hello. Good. Thank you. I will Thank be disappointed you in your actions, but I would be happy to see he nods and lets a moment pass between the two of you, and he just says, thank you for saving my life. Thank you for letting me. You're welcome. Doctor. Sorax. And with that, you watch Sorax take a few steps back with a grin on his face and pivot as he doesn't he doesn't pull a jason Bourne. <laughs> <laughs> i oh Rather, i left something i left something to throw and then go no but uh, he does sort of blend back i mean you're able to watch him but he does mm -hmm. notice he blends back into the crowd assassin's creed style just nobody notices he's walking amongst them he just kind of moves through the crowd um he does pause for a moment to nod a congratulations to captain sull as he's passing by a lot being said and saying nothing, but you see it all in his eyes, Captain. The acknowledgement, the appreciation, the gratitude. There's no sly smirk on his face. There is a genuine pause, a beat where he makes sure that you, that the eye contact that passes between the two of you lasts just one second longer than normal, and he nods to you slowly. And it, the gratitude reads to you from here. Sul lets their eyes pass on immediately, as if not to create a connection, just as one does. He's a professional. Go back to doing professional things, and I'll treat you as such. Um, you feel a hard tap on your shoulder, Exio calling your attention. And she just goes, Captain. Yes, and Commander? Points with her eyes. It's almost breath-catching, but you see Prawl standing just a few feet in front of Cyvek, and it looks like they're talking. How good is your hearing, Axia? It's not great, but I can be pretty good at being discreet. Yes, let's go. The two of you rise. <clears throat> I'll make a roll. I'm an infiltrator. Let's go. Okay. Right next to them, you see Mikhail going, listening. Um, <laughs> Just yeah. Just popcorn yet? I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> As you are pushing towards 
uh, that you you they're they are talking in a low tone. But as you approach, you hear Saivek rather coldly admonishing Prawl for violating the trill traditions by approaching him as somebody that he was previously in a relationship with. Um, and <laughs> Prawl says, I'm not reassociating with you. <laughs> I came over here to tell you you were a bastard, sir. <laughs> See, you know how symbiont joining works. So you know that I know. Not only do you know that I know, but I feel what he felt. And I want you to know before I leave Narendra Station, sir, what you did to him. I just wanted you to know. Saivek, <clears throat> for the first time, and your associations with this uh, this this Vulcan whose whose emotional delivery it, it, it is is questionable if he has taken part in the Kulinar by how unfazed he is by things. But you might be seeing your first bit of evidence that it, in fact he is not, because there is a tightening in his jaw. And he says, thank you for this visit, Commander. Before you go, it is important that you know that I do know exactly what I put him through. And he knew what it was to be with a Vulcan and the cultured traditions of prearranged marriages of my people. We both entered into that relationship knowing how it would end. Prawl shakes his head and says, not like that. Not like that. And Prawl does a turn and leave. And when he does, the Vulcan, Saivek, stands there for a moment and just... And also does a turn and leave. Saivik makes it a point to walk right past you, Captain. And as he does, he picks up one of those champagne glasses off the table and says, it's a good party, and moves past you. Well, we get to pretend like we don't know this for discretion's sake, don't we? Know what, Captain? Exactly. There really is so much overlap between our professions, wasn't there? Now. Do we think we can get Ambassador Jaw some of that champagne stuff? I heard him yammering about it from halfway across the ballroom. I didn't get any, and it's a party. Um, you suddenly find yourself staring at the Saurian who serves the bar, and you hear Exio's voice come out of the Saurian saying, I'm sure it can be arranged, Captain. I grab her Saurian hand and I give it a squeeze. You're the Best. I'm giving you two commendations. Shut <laughs> <laughs> um, <Shower out> there. <laughs> the night continues and comes to an end. Late. A lot of Vox crew stay up late. Some of them 
enjoy themselves and rightly so they are given free reign to celebrate their accomplishments and the upcoming next chapter for the uss ross the next day comes and the inevitable melancholy of having to leave narendra station um does sort of overwhelm people as some people have decided to in fact we're going to go we're going to go with uss ross a lot of people decide that they're going to stay um for those of you who might have any questions, I'll go ahead and take this moment to say that the Narendra Station Discord is going to remain open. There's no changes going to be happening to our Discord for the Ox crew. There's plenty of subspace messaging going on, y'all, and text rates do not apply. You can use subspace relays to your heart's content. Um, and this may not be the last time we see the USS Ross in Shackleton. Who knows? The galaxy's a big place, and the Ross has two warp cores. Um, as this is getting underway, there is one last thing. There is one final question that has settled. Now, I have no idea, but either choice, whatever is decided, is a good story choice here. And so, I leave it to you, Aki. You can tell us, you can tell us later, you have absolute power here and there's no wrong decision what do you as a player who has committed themselves to the life of this character what do you think is the right decision for them at this point in their lives what do you think olin would want to do what is best for them is their future out here in the frontier of the edge of space forging new alliances with the romulan star empire and the klingons or is it back in the Alpha Quadrant with the Ross, helping restoration. The question is asked. It is not a question I can answer until Olin has had a very specific conversation. Let's do that. Do you want to do that now? Sure. Who would you like to have your conversation with? Um, Owen has been spending time on the station, like getting things in order uh, on the diplomatic, uh, the Federation diplomatic offices, just kind of running business as usual without really thinking about things too hard over the last like, like day or so, or however long it is that we have before Narendra, uh, before um, the Ross disembarks. And they invite the captain to the offices on, on the station. Okay. Uh, I show up. Uh, I think, uh, I think we're going to be able to get some of, at least maybe the doctor into a session of that KDF martial arts training school. That cool, weird creature, but apparently the Klingon station doctor really likes McCrell. So, sorry, my mind is in a thousand places. What can I do for you, Ambassador? There's something that I've been meaning to talk with you about, and I'm not entirely sure how to begin the conversation other than that. I have had some concerns over the past few months about our 
working relationship with each other. There was a, um, a day where you were particularly distressed and it had an immense effect on the rest of your crew and especially Captain on me. And it didn't happen just once, but twice. And it made me feel very defenseless and honestly quite scared. And now I often wonder when the next time you will lose control will be. And I will again feel like I'm in danger. Are you in love with Exio? What? I was asking only because it seems that whenever she's in a particular amount of danger, you blow up. And I haven't noticed that you have that same reaction with anyone else. <laughs> I, I apologize. I've had a variation on this conversation so many times in my career that I really thought it was going a different way. I didn't. Exio is a beautiful, unique, irreplaceable being. Yes. It fills me with dread to know that someone that perfectly unique and extraordinary might be imperiled. But I assure you, I am equally distressed. Whenever any of you put yourself into unnecessary trouble, Simply the fact that you are better at staying out of it. Please don't take it as any understanding that I wouldn't absolutely lose my chloros about you too. <laughs> Good grip. <laughs> Sorry, it would be so professionally inappropriate. It just, it would violate everything that it would mean to work with her. I'm oh, so sorry you've been thinking this of me. That's terrible. And Olin like looks visibly flustered for a moment. Um, it, it, you're not sure if it's relief or if it's embarrassment or a mixture of, yeah, of no. the two. Um, but uh, I had a conversation with the being from the totem about how difficult it can be sometimes to be an empath and constantly be absorbing the emotions of other people and not really have any real cognizance over your own feelings. And 
the lack of control that sometimes comes with that. I don't have pheromones to fight you off. And I spent a lot of time in my life learning to control myself around pheromoned creatures because that's what I had to do to survive what felt often like an onslaught. And I find that it's easy to let my guard down around you. And sometimes I fear that that might undo me. Because I want to be of use to you. When you lose control, I want to be able to keep mine. I don't know if I can help you, but I would be more than happy to offer help if it's something you wanted. You did say once that you thought I was rather put together. Or I could learn from your claws. Either way, you're doing it well. And I'm sorry if I've insulted you. I'm most certainly sure that I have. I'm... I just... I couldn't stay on the ship if I thought for a moment that... The captain was doing professionally inappropriate things. No, I, I understand. Well, then both of us have been the one-offs. The ones with the weird pheromones. And it's both hit us in different ways that hurt and clash and it sounds like chafe a little bit. It's the tough part of IDIC, isn't it? So I don't blame you. It's not your cup. I understand. No hard feelings. Good. Because I, I think that if you'll have me, I'd really like to go kick some ass in the Alpha Quadrant. Oh, thank the stars. I thought I was about to lose you and I was going to have to keep a face on it and it was going to be terrible and, or I would lose my chloros and then it would be a perfect validation of everything you'd said. This is so much better than that. Please come back to the Ross with me. Brief me on what the heck is going on with Cardass. Just help. We're a diplomacy ship now. I don't want to have to be expected to talk. Come on, save me from myself. Aye, Captain. And with that, 
we are going to bring an end to tonight's big honking plot episode of Clear Skies, a major shift in the arc of the story of the USS Ross, headed to the Alpha Quadrant. This has been part one of The Only Things Constant. Um, so thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, we're going to go decompress. I thank you all for watching. We will see you next Monday night. Really well done, everybody. Fantastic RP tonight. I'm excited to see what happens next for our crew. Until I need a then. quiche. <laughs> we love you, Gino. We love you, Rave. Hailing frequencies are closed. <laughs>